Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You sound like, oh, I'm stuck in 1994. High school's awesome. Why don't you grow the hell up? Listen to Ratitude. Listen to Pacific Daydream. <laughs> Pacific Daydream is not music, man. No offense, but burn in hell. I mean, you just don't understand what Rivers is going through right now. <laughs> Bitch! Welcome to Make It Stop. Uh, bad music. Good times. Uh, I'm your host, Heather Mack. I'm your host, Mike Dunn. And we're cashing in. We're selling out. We can't start partying, everybody, because uh, we are here today uh, to talk about another another former hero of ours, another another band that we that was beloved in both of our childhoods and pubescence. I'll just say it, one of my favorite bands. But, Still, like with a caveat, you know, with, a, with an asterisk. Uh, yes, a the bolded, big old asterisk, a bold, <laughs> like seventy-two sans point. serif. <laughs> yes. When which asterisk has a serif? I mean, asterisks <laughs> look different in different fonts. No, they don't. Yes, they do. A comic sans asterisk looks completely different from an aerial asterisk. All right, listen. Don't you give me that? Don't act like I don't know my fonts. <laughs> This is talking fonts with Mike Dunn. All right, listen. <laughs> okay, so a favorite band, uh, very beloved by both of us. You know, we've seen them live together. We saw them live. We together. saw them play the Blue album. Oh, well, you gave it away. Oh well, what? So did the title of the episode <laughs> and the, and the image yeah. We got to stop acting like people don't know what they're listening to okay, as they listen, listen to it. They us... know this is the Weezer episode. It says Weezer. <laughs> Ratitude. I like these little farces. <laughs> I like our little performances. No one's going I in like blind. We don't release little... episodes with just question mark, question mark, it's... question mark, find out. <laughs> <laughs> That's not effective podcast marketing. No, it's not. And we're all about the effective podcast marketing. Oh, yeah. tell you what. Dick pills. Um, <laughs> okay. Chew it and do it. <laughs> That is all right. Here, okay, we, let's give some we can't spoil it. The, the deal might fall through, okay. so let's not. <laughs> the deal is falling through as we speak. Yeah. We're trying to get money for ads. That's what's happening. So you get ready to hear about dick pills from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're talking about Weezer, and we're savvy marketers, and we know that there's nothing better to to get our listens up than to invite some treasured guests 
on the on the podcast with us to come in and talk and actually some experts some very deep divers uh, into the world of Weezer indeed that are here all the way from the glorious state of Rhode Island we have Chris and Chris from Weeze talking Weeze to these. We used to talk we used to these. To these. To <laughs> these. Nailed it. I wanted it to have a Z at the end. <laughs> I like it when it has a Z at the end. <laughs> Hello. Hey, welcome, guys. <laughs> Should I reintroduce you or just I keep it? Picks it in post. Oh, God, I'll leave it. No <laughs> one can say that. We can't say the name. You're fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Oh, man. So, okay. So, tell us a little bit about your podcast and, like, what made you guys, because you started this a little bit, like, a, over a year ago or, like, just about a year ago, talking about every Weezer album in depth. Like, we talk about how our episodes are long. Yeah, you guys make us feel a lot better. <laughs> Major understatement. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, we think it's too long, the listener probably thinks it's too long. <laughs> I mean, we seem to be in that in that sweet spot of, like, you know, indulgent millennialism that's like, please, I, I'll, I'll like to mine every nostalgia nugget that I possibly can. Oh, yeah. I have two and a half hours to kill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Yes. I've listened to the entire three and a half hour long Pinkerton episode, and it was great. 34 minute record, <laughs> three and a half hour episode. <laughs> hey, man. Seems well, reasonable. I yeah. mean, for something so foundational and, and oh, yeah. Yeah, transformative. Definitely. So, yeah, tell me about like your love of Weezer. What inspired you to start the podcast and uh, and, and dig deep? It's kind of a, the marriage of a love of Weezer, but certainly a love of podcasting as well. Yeah. We just, Chris and I, and just for voices, this is Chris and that voice. This is Chris. Yeah, just so you all know the listeners, people <laughs> who haven't listened to our show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, we were really big fans of uh, uh, Comedy Bang Bang, Scott Aukerman. We yeah. were big fans of uh, You Talking You Two to Me, Are mm -hmm. You Talking R.E.M. Re Me, and it just kind of organically happened. Like, you guys should do something like that. Yeah. And we looked at each other, we were at a party, and we said, well, what band would we do? And it was immediately like, Weezer. Oh, Weezer, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we honestly don't have much music in common Beyond Weezer. It's kind of true, actually. Yeah. yeah. And we're finding that out more and more, like, through a year of podcasting together. And when we talk about our own personal tastes, it really comes from completely different directions. Exactly. So that kind of helps, like, when we dissect the band. It's like, A, that's the one thing we agree on, but also, like, what are our perspectives on music and what do we like about the record? Oftentimes, we're, like, completely polar opposites. Right. Our listeners yeah. are like, oh, I'm a Chris. And the and other listeners are like, well, I'm a Chris. <laughs> so it doesn't make anything confusing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so one way or another, we're right. So the Venn diagram, the inside of the Venn diagram between Fish and Scott is Weezer. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yep, we're exactly. discussing this off mic, Stoppy. Sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah, healthy amount of obsession, though, for sure, within our podcast. Because the thing with us is at Weezer is neither of our favorite band. Okay. Yeah, definitely not. You know, and so in a way, <laughs> we feel a little bit fraudulent. Like, for instance, as we talk about Ratitude, I had not heard that record until preparing for our episode oh, on Ratitude. definitely not. You know me what neither. I mean? I was, just, <laughs> I was out by then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I was out post- I don't even know if I was in, you know, the Green Album. Uh, you want me to get into my whole Weezer story? Because Do I, yeah, it. I want to know. Man. I want to hear everybody's Weezer I story. I mean, yeah. So Weezer, I think, was like a, a pretty big deal to me growing up. Um, I, I Actually, the first album I bought by them was the Green Album, like right when it came out. And I remember, because I really liked Hashpipe, that was on the radio. And I had yeah. obviously loved all their well, singles. because we wanted to smoke weed. We were probably like 11 or 12 when that came out, right? I was, it was the summer between 8th and 9th grade. Yeah, yeah. I was like, um, Hashpipe, that I sounds fun. <laughs> I was in Provincetown and I remember not only that I bought the green album at this record store but I remember every album I bought there because they oh all they all left a, a big impression on me. That day I went out to the record store in Provincetown and I bought the green album by Weezer. Yep. Gorillas self-titled. Yep. And Rancid 2000. Ooh. The second self-titled Rancid album, yeah. And like that was like I mean that shit was huge for me. 
The green album, I do. I will say, I do. I did feel a little bit ripped off yep. because I paid twenty dollars for it, and Ooh. it was twenty six minutes long. Oh, woof. <laughs> um, that was back when CDs cost twenty dollars. You know, yeah. when art had value. <laughs> almost a almost a dollar a minute there. Uh, yeah, bad ratio. That's tough. It's okay. We're gonna get point zero zero two cents to talk about per, per minute to talk about dick pills. So. Yes, <laughs> we're cashing in. We're, ma- we're probably making more money than Weezer's making on residuals for Attitude. So that's that's fine. Uh, and then I shortly after that bought the Blue album, and then shortly after that I got Pinkerton, and yeah. like it was. Um, those were two of my favorite records, still are two of my favorite records. Yep. I wore them out. I really just like, you know, and even Green Album, I was like, you know, this is obviously not up to the quality of these first two, but um, there's a couple bangers on it. Yeah. Uh, but... Plenty of bangers on that one. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, plenty of bangers on that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Crab, you know, that's that's one. <laughs> uh, that's one. <laughs> and then, but then I, I just feel like, I feel like everything went downhill for me like I felt not just like upset or like you know disappointed by (laughs) make-believe but I felt betrayed because leading up to make-believe he was talking about how it was gonna be like a return to form Mm. and then it was make-believe which if you haven't heard it is like a sickly sweet dad rock ballad album i remember stream Mistake. i remember streaming it on youtube or not youtube it was way before youtube i remember streaming it on yahoo.com oh my god which they put up a free stream of it like the day before it was released i downloaded and I, it entirely via alta vista chat <laughs> and just being so sad and then i did the same thing i i, I pulled away from weezer after that i was like I'm, I'm not paying attention anymore and i think what brought me back was seeing them do the blue album with you, Heather, at Riot Aww. Fest in I think 2014. That really was a that was a special experience for sure. That was really cool, and that was also right around the same time that Everything Will Be All Right in the End came out. And so I listened to that album, and I was like, "This album's okay." Like, there's a little bit. I think, you know, I think I've been chasing like an old Weezer feeling for a long time, right? And it's been really frustrating. Because after after that concert, I went back and listened to every Weezer album multiple times. I listened to Ratitude. Wow. I listened to Hurley. I listened to Sorry. <laughs> I listened to the Red album. Um, you know all the ones that I missed out on, and I was extremely disappointed with all of them. Um, like pretty much, well, they were all, they, all replaced with Android body doubles after Pinkerton <laughs> failed critically. Okay, I have a whole. I have a whole theory, but I want to hear. Wow, I want to hear. I'm no, I, by that. no, no, not go. so much that. No, uh, not that they were all replaced. But I mean, <laughs> I do like entertaining the like Avril Lavigne fantasy about there's like a fake Rivers Cuomo. Right. The Paul is <laughs> dead I, of Weezer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I actually, my my deeper theory that I want to hear if you guys agree with, and I don't know if you guys have talked about this on your show, but I felt like so. So I also I loved the Blue Album and Pinkerton, and I just I you know because my my dad introduced me to Weezer and we listened you know we listened to it a lot in the car it was perfect like summer music and Pinkerton was like really angsty and like you know it had that like pop sound but you know and and punky kind of power pop but like edgy and 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 kind of fucked up and kind of fucked up and dark right yeah I I went into your room and read your diary you know like he's stalking this woman yeah so yeah it's the writings on the wall with Rivers being a fucking (laughs) like monster (laughs) 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 he is a monster and I can't wait to like deeply psychoanalyze this with all of you guys but like my thing is I believe (laughs) that Rivers was so crushed 
by the reception, the critical and uh, like audience reception for Pinkerton when it first came out. Because um, it was a really sleeper. Is, which really is a part, it's kind of a perfect album, you know, in a lot of ways. I, I would I would put it up there. I think it's the best pop punk album ever. Yeah, so. If you want to call it pop punk, it's kind of its own right. thing. Right, but, right. And I think he was so crushed by the way that the, you know, that the culture received that album. It really was not received well that he is punishing us. Because he is getting revenge on all of us for not seeing his true artistic genius. And he was like, all right, fuckers, you want something popular? You want something cool? Like, I'll give you something fucking cool. You want something fun? And this is all just through gritted teeth, just like fucking ready to just like hammer it into us. How do you, as the preeminent Weezer scholars of our day, what what is your take on this? I've never even thought about that, to be quite honest. But checks he's do- out. It checks he's out. doing a good right. job. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> the proof's in the pudding. I mean, listen to the records, people. Listen yeah. to the records. Yeah. I mean, I think because yeah. it's such a shocking drop off into yeah. the lyrical quality, and especially. It has to be, this is a, he's a smart guy. Very smart. Mm-hmm. He, he's a Harvard scholar. Yeah, That's right. Is. From right down the road here. From right down the road, <laughs> but he's also maybe a terrible person. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to say. I think he's definitely a he's definitely a pretty selfish guy, um, but he's done a lot of introspective looking at himself for a long time. But I, I which somehow birthed albums like Make Believe, like, yeah, or right. like Ratitude. Yeah, yeah. This is Ratitude. Can't start partying is sadistic. Can't st- stop. Well, yeah. Starp, keep saying start partying. Starp, <laughs> well, he didn't actually. That's awesome. He didn't write that song though. <laughs> that's right. He, he didn't write Jermaine Dupri. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but it's sadistic to invite Jermaine Dupri <laughs> to, <laughs> to write, write a, a Weezer song in the year of our Lord 20, 2009. <laughs> yeah. Like. There's a lot wrong with this album yeah. and virtually nothing right. I well, th- there's a few things that are that are okay. I think I agree with you in some sense like, you know, I don't know if it was him like um actively trying to get revenge on his audience, but I do think that he bared his soul on Pinkerton, you know? Yeah, right. Like he really like it he was saying shit that like I can't believe he would admit that. You know right. what I mean? On Every song, almost right, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, very vulnerable. And very vulnerable. One of the most vulnerable albums ever. You know, like truly. And then he was like, "So fuck you." And then it. Uh, everyone. You don't deserve this. And uh, yeah, well, it's not. No, I didn't deserve it. I think it was more like I just think that the album getting panned, even though it became like a sleeper hit that like is now like you know their most well regarded album at the time in '96, it was pretty shit upon. Yeah. It was shat upon by the uh, the press, and I think he was like, "All right, I mean." I, you know, I bared my soul, like, I'm not going to make that mistake again, you know? And I don't think he ever did. And that's when he started with the spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this classic spreadsheets. Do you, do you guys want to talk about the spreadsheets? Yeah, we can talk all about that. Go right ahead. Uh, talk, the songwriting strategy right, of yeah. Rivers Cuomo, which makes me think that he's an android, a terrible person, or punishing all of us, or all of the above. So using a spreadsheet makes him a terrible person? I think I, I mean, think other things make him a terrible person. Yeah, right? the spreadsheet yeah. is it's just uh, it's an easy formula. I think you're right. He's he's just he is very robotic in that way. It's just like an easy way to like plug and chug. So it makes it definitely How takes away th- from the. Uh, Does a normal person's brain work like that to be able to take <laughs> phrases and and churn them into an algorithm? I, I have an answer for that. Okay, go ahead. No. <laughs> 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 okay. So, uh, t- 
to explain what this is is like so he basically randomly generates like like series of word like more or less that's, yeah, he. I think he hired a programmer from the Ukraine on Fiverr to establish a <laughs> truly to establish a database of lyrical fragments, chord oh progressions, um, and the lyrics in particular broken down by rhyme scheme, by amount of syllables, mm -hmm. by where the accents are. And so, whenever he's in need of a particular line, oh, I need something to finish out this melody here, he'll just go to the spreadsheet and say five syllables ends with an E, and. He can what? search for it. Yeah, that's effectively what the spreadsheet is. He and does a VLOOKUP. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Command F. <laughs> yeah, but he's, I mean, he's built the database on his own. Like, he, these are, like, things that he's thought these of. These are things he wrote, right. but they were organized. by. And now he's a programmer. He took a lot in of programming classes, so I'm sure he could do it himself what? and in does. Instead of thinking, like, oh, you know. What's in my heart right yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. No, for sure. But I will say this. I think the initial lines and things, you know, they, they may be sincere or they may be, I mean, the last several records by Weezer, and it, I think they feature some of the best lyrics he's ever written, but they are not necessarily personal lyrics. Right. But they are intriguing, they're compelling, they're entertaining. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like and a lot we're talking about zombie bastards here. <laughs> <laughs> zombie bastards accepted. <laughs> but I do think the Black Album and Pacific Daydream, for all their flaws, maybe sonically and... Uh, and just compositionally, lyrically, there's a lot of compelling stuff, but really? it's not confessional. It's not sincere, right? But it is craft, and I yeah, do respect like it on a like certain slam level. poetry. He's so, just like putting putting stuff together. On this stories. album, you get neither though. Yeah, true. This album, this, this, this is album pre that. is pretty pretty devoid of of meeting or anything important. Right. The lyrics, really? the lyrics on Ratitude, I would say, are among some of the worst ever written in human history. That's pretty hard. I mean, it is, <laughs> and we are a podcast about bad is, music. This is literally all we discuss is terrible music. And like yeah. we, this is episode fifty something. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, maybe not worst. I'm gonna say most asinine, insipid. Yeah, yes. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't disagree with you there. Um, and I think it's his way of saying, like, fuck you guys. Like, America is trash culture, and you want your recycled sheeny pop trash and that's what you deserve and i don't even know i think he just has a crazy brain i was gonna say i and think that. you're almost like giving him too much credit yeah <laughs> yeah i think he i think he thinks that this is what he needs to do for some reason where it at least did in 2009 i think he felt like this is the direction that weezer needs to take we need to do can't stop partying uh we need to get jermaine dupree in the studio to help me write a Call song jermaine about dupree about, when in doubt, about my addiction to partying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Let's get Little Wayne in here. Yeah, I will say, you know, I've been we've been talking about Smack. I did um, sort of like the White Album. Oh, oh my God, the White Album is probably their best. Is the only album I would say their best. Their best <laughs> for real. Top three, hands down. It is, uh, yeah, that's the common Top consensus. Three. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say it's three. It's, it's probably their third best album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't it, know. I'm I'm so biased though. I I it's a really strong record. Love that fucking album so much. Deceptively strong. I would say I don't think I like it as much as you guys, and I I don't like it as much as a lot of other Weezer fans. I think people were very eager to like the fact that a Weezer album came out and it wasn't terrible. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, this Weezer album isn't terrible," uh, and and maybe gave it a little bit too much credit. But I will say songs like "L.A. Girls." And Summer Lane and Drunk Dory, those are like the only songs they've done since Pinkerton that give me that old Weezer feeling. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can feel that. Yeah, they, and to muster that in 2016 is was an accomplishment for sure. That's 20 years after Pinkerton. Yeah, you know? for real. 
But nothing on Ratitude gave me that Weezer feeling, No, man. because there's it nothing. Is. There's nothing of that quality. Like, not even close. No, there's a couple musical elements, but I would say sonically it doesn't even sound like Weezer to me. You know, sonically I almost have a bigger issue with it than in Songcraft. I mean, there's some crummy songs, but I also find them ceaselessly entertaining. Yeah. And, in fact, my least favorite material on the record now is, like, the more sincere and less just batshit absurd yeah you know now i'm like oh this is really funny or it's you know called stockholm syndrome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no and we'll find you know if, uh and our listeners now we're not weezer apologists mm-hmm. by any stretch i think that helps that we're they're not our favorite bands we don't really idolize them we just thought they'd be really fun to talk about and they yeah, are they are yeah. you know yeah, they you, are you know and but we don't love everything but we do try to find what's good about it while also just hitting right on what's terrible about it you know yeah but like they're even in a bad song there's sometimes a great thing yeah. you know and i think that's what we look for as just listeners of music you yeah. know yeah. but this show like making a podcast has made me do it much more you know just in general as a music listener well, and we're maker. gonna need those little glimpses of light today <laughs> yeah. to hold yeah. on to those uh diamonds in the rough <laughs> i'd say um, also it's you know we're taking two different approaches with our shows here because this is all about it's all fighting the, the negative. Do you, would you say that this is the worst Weezer album? No. 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 Which one is the worst Weezer album? I think it's Hurley. I think Hurley is worse than this uh, because it's humorless. Yeah. With, with one exception that I don't like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know no, what the, I mean? Uh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, a song yeah, called Where's My Sex, which I don't know if you guys know that one, but that's worthy of its I own know episode. That one, yeah. It's true. It's true. Just that one what? hit. Um, but no, I would say Where this... is it? <laughs> I was tired of it. Yeah, I think that this actually has some redeeming qualities, not only in just like pretty decent song and then also a lot of laughable lyrics, but like Hurley is just like a tough. Is this the second worst? Second probably, or third worst, yeah. probably. Second or third, I yeah. would say so, yeah. I, I liked Hurley a little bit more than you guys. I definitely liked Hurley better than Ratitude. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, how. That's crazy. <laughs> this one will be more fun to talk about, though. Yeah. That one's That's, just kind yeah, of exactly. a joyless, yep, you know. Slog. Yeah. This oh, is, yes. This is definitely more interesting than Hurley, Ratitude. For sure. Yeah. I, I think, and I'm sorry to say it because I know you were lauding it earlier, but I, my least favorite is Pacific Daydream. Mm. Why mm. is that? I, I'm curious why. It's just, I don't, I hate Weezer doing the, like, current day pop trend sounds with the sped up uh vocals yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's you know i i just i dislike that style of pop in general and like weezer appropriating it and just do just becoming maroon six yeah like i i it really bothers me like yeah. it, it it's for me i think weezer i uh are akin to the simpsons where they were brilliant in the 90s, yes. and it's just yes. been a zombified version of them since then that somehow is still going. And I think animatronic <laughs> replicas. And I, I think I think Pacific Daydream exemplifies their irrelevance more than any other album. Ooh, that's really interesting. I think the production hurts that album a lot. Yeah, because I think like the bones of those songs, a lot of them, not everyone, but a lot of them are actually really strong and firm. You know? Like, they could have been... if treated Firm bones. Good, firm bones. <laughs> bones. Dense marrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I agree. I mean, it was definitely... That's where River's Head was at, was I want to I wanna kind of uh, emulate these modern pop artists. And but the thing with Pacific Daydream, I'm not sure he was looking for fame. I'm not sure he was looking for radio play. I think he was just... Uh, chasing a sound yeah whereas with Ratitude I think he was actively like I want to be on the radio yep. still yeah I miss definitely. being on the radio yeah same as but, uh, Green but, Album right. and Beverly Hills I mean come on what was... yeah well that actually was like their he most na- successful album somehow yeah, of all time one. that's oh, a that terrible true? song wow 
I think, right? Like, uh, I think it, yeah, it was. I think it that was their sold, highest. Charting. I don't know if it, if it, it sold was. more than Blue and, and Pinkerton, but I, it definitely like it was their highest charting single. Um, by yeah, far. Beverly Hills was the highest charting single. Right, of that's all definitely time. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> that sad. song is trash. It's so bad. It's trash. Okay, so speaking of trash, um, let's uh, get into, we should probably get into this album, shouldn't we? Is there any other thing that we need to say, like to put it in context? It was the height of like auto-tune rap. Um, this was pre-them recording a cover of I'm a Believer for the movie Shrek Forever After. That's like the kind of like musical headspace that they were in. Didn't they? Didn't Smash Mouth do that yeah. first? When you're covering a cover by they Smash Mouth. They recorded a cover <laughs> of it for the, the, for the <laughs> That's sequel. That's brutal. Apparently also they were going to include another ver- an early version of My Best Friend from Make Believe, but was rejected Due to the song sounding too much like it was written for Shrek, yeah. which I think is I the aesthetic that, that uh, you know they're kind of uh, cultivating on this album as well. Well, that's yeah. the thing; they've never shied away from just like being in the spotlight or putting themselves out there, like marketing. They're just like shameless. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. He's Big always time. wanted to. Just Have you like... heard of the Hella Mega Tour? <laughs> oh. Are you God. guys gonna go? Uh, if we can find tickets for under like one fifty. Yeah, I'm actually yeah, thinking of going. You can't spend that over no. hundred dollars. Not for a Weezer greatest hit set no. at a stadium. It's no. just not. And, and to sit through a Fallout Boy sad set. Exactly, day. having to listen to, <laughs> listen to Fallout Boy. Anyway, okay. So, anything else that we need to say about this album before we get into the music? Uh, Buckle up, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, this first song. I think we've it? been calling it I Want You to Want Me. Yep, that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> parentheses, if you're wondering if I want you to, end parentheses, I want you to. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a fucking bop. Um, okay. The hit Resu- single, the hit single. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one the it, jangly hoot nanny with some canned claps. <laughs> it was kind of a Everyone's hit, right? Absolutely. Fun. Definitely. Really? One, yeah, it was yeah. pretty big. It, it missed me. <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember seeing a commercial for it. More than actually seeing it on the radio, right. like hearing it on the radio. Like, I just remember being like, I think this was during the ringtone era. Yeah. And I think I saw a commercial for a ringtone for this song on TV. <laughs> Imagine if this Snap was how up. you wanted to represent yourself to the world every time your phone rang. Yeah, that's, that's a choice. This is like, I'm doubling down. That is a choice you can make. <laughs> do you, we all make choices. Do you, uh, folks consider this song to be a song of any quality? Um, yeah, compared to the rest of the album, for sure. Absolutely. I yep. think uh, I think it's one of the better ones in the album. I do. I don't. I don't really care for it. You know, it's got. There's this yeah. thing that Weezer's that Weezer does a lot, especially during this period of Weezer, where it's like it. It just sounds really insincere. Mm. Right. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really like. I think that's what bothered me so much about Make Believe, and I'm getting it again this song where it. It just seems like. Calculated. You're hearing the algorithm. I'm hearing the algorithm on this one. With that said, though, pretty it's a pretty good hook. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good feel, good hook. I mean, kind of classic pop rock fare, but yeah. like it's a story song, you know? And actually, there's some. Well, uh, I mean, it is. It's, it's about Silly's story, well, about meeting a, a girl and meeting her family and, you know, and feeling that. He's in his 40s. Yeah. Oh, in pl- yeah. In no, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I think he was in his mind. 30s Who? here, so to be What are you talking about? No. Well, he was a young man. <laughs> yeah, young uh, of, yeah. of 38 or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to meet your mom. And yeah. <laughs> it's not just that. It's about gonna... meeting a girl at summer camp, I'm pretty exactly. sure. Yeah, it's nostalgic. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? You told, the, the line, uh, you Why told me stories about your chickadees. 
They didn't like BB guns or stupid archery. <laughs> you charmed the lifeguard, and he let them use the pool all day for free. Like, oh, I'm that's a good sure. lifeguard, though. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> pretty clutch. That is that's pretty clutch. my kind of lifeguard. <laughs> but that's pretty classic Cuomo to be writing from the perspective of a, a child, of a, about yeah, a child. Yeah, 13-year-old boy. About a young girl. Yeah. I mean, every single... I don't think... I think Every single song on this album, he refers to to women, to grown ass women. As a grown ass man, they're always girls. girls. Yeah. yeah, they're always girls, That's and really all of point. these stories are always, uh, yeah, from the perspective of like a a, a prepubescent like youth. Yeah. What's funny like is he's he's actively broken away from that. It's true. Uh, in the past couple of years, uh, good. In, <laughs> finally, it's fucking creepy. Finally, yeah. it took yeah. a to long time. To segue from this into fucking "I'm Your Daddy," spoiler alert. Ooh. It's a bit oh, of man. a oh, tonal boy. whiplash. Can't wait I'm for that. <laughs> grossed out. Right. It's, you're a grown man. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the meatloaf verse, though, is arguably the most egregious. <laughs> oh, yeah. That shit's pretty is, funny. This actually yeah. led to the birth of our uh, euphemism alert, the labored euphemism alert. The entire, yeah. <laughs> and he says he took some meatloaf. I, I just, I, Wait, <laughs> what's the line? Uh, your mom made meatloaf even though I don't eat meat. I dug you so much I took some for the team. Yeah, and then he said your dad was uh, something. His eyes were fixed on what was on TV. It's like, what is it? What's up with this loaf? What <laughs> is going on? Something going on with this loaf. There's a lot of detail about consuming a loaf. Yeah, because it was in the sp- fucking spreadsheet. He was like, okay, chickadees, loaves, meat loaves, chickadees. Okay, great. Uh, and let me just reference like Slayer and Best Buy, and we're just gonna do these canned pop cultural references, like yeah, emptily recited over like a jangly Target commercial. Like right. that's what this song is, and it's bad yeah i wonder but it's, like, it's it's my work my direct note was it's not terrible like it's not terrible true right. yeah it's not like when you have any standards for this band when you when you like know what they're capable of aren't you that much more disappointed uh, listening to this record this week which i have to say i had not done since we made our episode about it in january of 2019. Which you can listen to on all of your streaming services. That's right, folks. We talk and we say the good luck spelling it. Um, <laughs> to these, actually. Yeah. Yeah, add an extra Z when in doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry. something crossed my mind, which was, because we went backwards through the records, which, which was just a way to make it not all about Blue Album and Pinkerton. Right. We could right. talk about this, the records on their own merit. Uh, but now Smart. that we had dug into, uh, finally, Blue Album and Pinkerton this spring, um, I was thinking... Rivers Cuomo in 1994, yeah. 95, 96, what would he think of this music that he was making 15 years later? Like, what would he think of the man making the music? What would he think of the impulse to make this music? Yeah. And it made me kind of sad. It's yeah. Very as much sad. as, like, I can, like, find quality in here. Like, yeah. it's like, but still, it's the dude who made those songs. It's, 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 it really is. It, it's like if Nirvana came out with a fucking, you know, yeah, like, like a monkey's record. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, I'm sorry. Like a, the monkeys are great. I on love their own. the monkeys. I love the monkeys, but you can't. But if the Beatles became the monkeys, I'd be very <sighs> sad, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened here. It's like, wow, how did you go that far afield? You're still a good songwriter. He will never not be a good songwriter. No matter is he how. a and good it, songwriter when it's yeah. all made oh, by yeah. a fucking spreadsheet? Yeah. Okay, but the song composition, it, the lyrics are okay. structural. Okay, I'm talking yeah. about, yeah, you're yeah. talking about and the song composition. And he's a very good guitar player, too. Oh, great. That dude, no, he doesn't play on this record. I know, yeah, because he, he can shred when he wants Absolutely. to. You listen to Maladroit, he's fucking shredding on oh, that. Oh, my God, every The song. new single, he's shredding on that. Yes, he is. Yeah. Have you heard the new single, Heather? No. It's It's actually, it's all right. It's okay. It's very rocky. It's very rocky. Rockily. Their new album's oh, going to be called Van, Van Weezer. Weezer. Yeah. I did see that. That's fucking dumb. I hate it. <laughs> what would he think of himself? I, 
he was replaced by an imposter. I just can't like. <laughs> he, there's something happened. Something happened to his brain. He can't be sincere anymore. He no. You, he 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 approaches it. I think on the White Album. He approaches it on everything will be all right in the end. And then he just regresses back into like kind of pop nonsense. I don't know. I mean, I know you guys liked the Black Album and Oh no, we don't. Oh like no, Black not album. really. I mean, you like Pacific, <laughs> you like Pacific no, Daydream we, more than me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I don't think it's a personal record. No, no, not and you neither. Know. Funny enough, neither is the White Album. Because I think right. when did he start doing the spreadsheet stuff? Because I don't even know if it's this pre White Album. It was actually pre exactly. White Album. This that's is pre. This is pre spreadsheet. So stuff. in other words, like 2015. So th- th- did this he have ratitude. a brain injury? Like, didn't he? <laughs> well, he had some like fucked up like surgeries and stuff. Yeah, and, and he kind of got really... hooked on pills after the surgery, right? Right. So something, something <laughs> dark. He didn't have I that remember, bus But he could have dug into that darkness. I remember. Particularly dark 2002 Guitar World interview. Oh, classic stuff. Uh, oh, wait, what was? Oh, well, that's the one where he, he said fuck, he, like he hates his fans. And was, yeah, he said the fans are a bunch of whiny bitches. Yeah, he said if I was a kid growing up True. today, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would think that Weezer were a bunch of fags. Legitimately, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, and he. Uh, and so then they asked him, they were himself. like... So he hates himself. He's dead inside. And they were like, so like, you you know, you shred a lot on this new album, but like on Green Album, you were kind of just playing the top line melody uh, of the song for all your solos. What was up with that? And he was like, I have no idea what I was thinking on that album. So like, I don't know. Something's wrong. Something's deeply wrong. It's well, been he's like, uh, and he's basically got ADD. He gets an idea stuck in his head. He's like, all right, I'm going to make that thing. I'm going to make that thing. I'm gonna make so like he just like dabbles in things. He's like a he's just a creator. He's yeah, just like, like to sitar make things. later on. on the <laughs> oh, Pretty impressive sitar playing though. It sounds really good. Yeah, it actually well, sounds good. Well, wait, did he play the sitar on that? No, no. Okay. No. I mean, he's a weird guy to begin with. Like, oh, didn't no doubt. He, he like grew up in an ashram mm-hmm. in Connecticut. What? I didn't know that. Another New Englander. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Isn't he also like creepy? Wasn't he creepy with like young girls? All right. And... That I don't. I mean, so here's. What I f- about that? Here's one thing I across the sea. Didn't he make a joke <laughs> well. about like he, Hey, like, he would never touch her. That would He be like commented about like searching for barely legal girls on his website he, on weezer.com. I don't know that I he, think he did. He used the quote barely legal. But here's what I know. Okay. My friend Stefan dug up an old I think Shout it was out to either, Stefan friend of the pod. Yeah. What up, Steph? Uh it was hey, either yeah. a GeoCities or Angel Fire wow. or Tripod page from the ultimate source. Shortly before the Green Album came out, I think 99 or 2000. Okay. And it was a website where women who had slept with Rivers Cuomo wrote about their experiences. And the common through line for all of them was that they were of age, but still very young. That he had sent a roadie into the crowd to find them uh, and ID them. And they were all uh, Asian. And um, they all didn't, tracks. <laughs> didn't have a great time. And uh, there was there was, tracks as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had the good graces to ID them and make wow. sure they were of age. But but okay. yeah. So, I mean, creepy. Yes. But I mean, Legal, it puts yes. some of this stuff back into perspective of him singing from the perspective of being a teenager. You know what I mean? Like or on this album, at least like it's he was fucking weird. Yeah. He was at the time still pretty young in 99. But like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's not. It's but do you think look. that behavior changed? Well, he got married. He got married yeah. yeah, I think he's. I think he's settled down at this point. Okay. But he still does have like he met- sort of an obsession with his own adolescence and the the, the feelings that came with it. Yeah. And kind of that's. Don't I think, we all? I think that's kind of the only like actual you know 
That's the perspective he feels comfortable writing from as opposed to I, – I, I think he has trouble expressing himself otherwise. I mean, what's he going to sing about now? He's married. And, right. Like he's just in a plain old day-to-day yeah. life. Well, I think yeah. he's hyper aware of his audience, which he was always shocked by how what young his, his audience, audience was. I, it's honestly – you know, you were between 8th and ninth grade when you got into him. I was like 10. I mm-hmm. think his audience is probably 10 to 14-year-olds. I'm a music instructor. I have students still who are like, who oh, are can I learn Say It Ain't So? And I'm like, wow, really? crazy. But that's yeah, a perfect like, – I mean, they, I feel like if they occupy of, a, a space – I mean, do. those first two albums occupy a space just like, it's similar to Nirvana in the sense Absolutely. that like every cool older brother or yeah. cool uncle or whoever that's worth their salt knows about Weezer – and like, right. is it, you know, so in Green Day, same thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Like these, these, like, these bands, elder statesmen yeah. of like music that are not going away because of those perfect albums that they put out mm-hmm. in the 90s. Um, but who is his audience for fucking I'm Your Daddy? Like, who <laughs> That's is a the- great question. Uh, his daughter, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So should we? Well, maybe we should get into that one. Let's yeah, move let's, on. Let's, so let's, let's get into let's, I'm Your Daddy. Let's get into fucking I'm Your Daddy. I'm Your Daddy. And we're off. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm so, daddy. If if you bought the record for the single and you were already digging it, then you get this. Right. It's a big slap in the face. It <laughs> sure is. You're about to come, and then it's like dead puppy. <laughs> it's like no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. This is so unnerving to yeah, hear. It's pretty him chauvinistic. Say. It's bad. So okay, you guys mentioned that it was for his daughter, and that's no, like, no, what no, not actually. No, 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 no. It, it that is, is what yeah. he Jesus. said. So okay, uh, this was from the Weezerpedia. Weezerpedia, shout out to you guys. Rivers Cuomo explains that he got the idea for the song when his daughter Mia Cuomo was in the hospital. According to Cuomo, his daughter was hospitalized because her white blood cell count was dropping, and doctors were not sure if she would get better. Cuomo sat by her for five days and whispered to her that you're my baby tonight, and I'm your daddy. From that line, Cuomo then had an idea to turn it into a song after his daughter showed a full recovery. And what? So your daughter is is maybe gonna die, and you are writing this song out of the ashes of that experience. Yeah. These are what feelings are. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it it, it tracks because what? you know, uh, if his daughter's dying, um, and it it, it inspires such thoughts as. <laughs> I swear I ain't like those other boys. I'm a special kind. I would like to give a demonstration of what it is I do. I'll take you out to dinner at Palermo's. We'll split a cheese fondue. Best line. Okay. I love that line. Wait, no. I'm so sorry, but like the actual best line is. Oh, God. I, I know where you're going. Know where you're going. <laughs> Here we are. I um, will egg ape. the Goomba. No, I will ape, 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 ape the Goomba. You ape the Goomba. I will ape the Goomba. Okay, these are my Google lyrics. I will egg the Goomba is also... No, you can't egg a Goomba. That's a hate crime. That's a hate crime. Hey, you don't egg a Goomba. (laughs) Exactly. If you tire... That's right. Mm -hmm. Try my best to moonwalk Uh on the wire. Hard to do. Tough. (laughs) He's tried his best. He's a man of many talents. He's doing the best he ever did. You're wrestling with the mortality of your child... Oh, man. But what you really want, how you want to communicate that is by talking about moonwalking on a trapeze. 
I think the idea was he he got the idea of writing I'm Your Daddy from his daughter and then took a huge departure when he started right. writing it. No, or he's just fucking with us. He's like, yeah, you know, I totally get this inspiration from, like, I have some Weezerpedia, like, deep cuts, especially the multiple paragraphs of backstory on fucking, um, is is mind-blowing. And I just think, I think he's fucking with us. I think it's it's sadistic. Chris the Younger here was a main contributor to that article, actually. Mm -hmm, Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... And we're back. And we're back. I will say it's interesting how frequently um, Rivers gets into these lines, these like goofy ass lines about yeah. food. It's yeah. always about food. But with the meatloaf on the first track and the fondue, the fondue. on this song. Yeah, and, and, and it's always in reference to like to girls too. So he's got this this weird thing with sex tied up with food. He's uh, he's like sorry, in the Phil real the world Sopranos. we call them women actually, but it's just it's well, just rivers. We're, we're talking about Weezer here. They're girls. <laughs> They're girls. Thank God for girls. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> nice nice pull, nice pull. <laughs> Am I right? Is it possible the worst thing about this song is its title? Like if you right. got rid of that one line, I actually don't think this is a terrible song. I find it entertaining in the verses. I find it very melodic in the choruses. You know what I mean? And it's not a terrible bridge either. It's not I'm like a top. Daddy, but like the worst thing is when that line is said. Everything else is like, yeah, this is fine. I think it's really well, no, all the other it's fucking all lyrics the other are lyrics atrocious. Too, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, but it, it's like it's entertainment. I, I guess. I'm sorry. I, I will ape the Goomba. What the fuck does? I, I'm sorry. Can we just please go back to that yeah, and diagram aping, that sentence? Well, Chris, yeah. can you ape a Goomba? I'm aping a Goomba right now. I eat a pasta. <laughs> can so we good do this was, without being I offensive? I was so tired. Dude, well, that's Itali- what it, Italians have had it coming. It's for a years. fucking Goomba, bro. <laughs> yeah, just making fun of an Italian dude. I think that's what you do when your when your daughter's yeah. really sad. You go, you want us a pasta? Yeah, and I, just, a river's Goomba. I assume he was talking about Goombas from uh, Mario. Mario. Yeah. yeah. Can I we did, just? I thought that too, but it was originally. I will okay. hop on a Goomba's head. It didn't fit, uh, like phonetically. I will crush a Goomba. <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. dude. No, none of this is good. That's not good. <laughs> That's not what good is. We live in a society, and this is not what good is. There's a social contract here, and this is uh, what could Weezer sound like if they were like channeling, you know, the angst of Pinkerton and the song structure and, and styling, and like and like talking about like what it's like to be old, what it's like to have. What if he wrote "I'm Your Daddy" about his daughter being about his sick daughter in the being sick in the hospital. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's literally like that's what I'm saying. Done. That's well, what I'm saying. Well, here's the thing. I think if his daughter had died, it would have been a pretty different song. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah. Or he would think he's capable of, of writing songs at this point that actually are include genuine human emotion? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right? That's exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there have Can been you? any. Can you? Ex- exactly. If there, think. I, I think maybe oh, the last oh. song in this album has some human emotion in it. I agree. Mm. I think that's no, yeah, I would agree with that. As I think well. there's one song on here with sincere sentiment, though it's not personal. I, I we'll talk about when we get there. If you yeah, I think he there. does a lot of sentimental things. Yeah, they're just, Th- but those are my least yeah, favorite part like of the a, record. Weirdly enough, like yeah. an alien that was sent to the, you know, to to study humans and be like, this is what humans find to be sentimental. Like mm, I don't human know. music. He performs right, right. sentimentality, but does that mean that he is expressing? actual human emotion that's genuine. What's funny is a lot of the early, like, you, you know, particularly the first two records, the 90s records, like, they are an expression of the alienation he's feeling, which right. we all identified with. Mm-hmm. And what's strange is he's now, really for all the time since, he's been embodying that alienation. Right. His inability to identify with humans on in a normal way. His inability to understand how he's coming off. It's probably like, that's just him. And in a way, yeah. I kind of, I, I won't say I relate to it, but I understand it. 
But he doesn't. He doesn't do anything with it. He he yeah. he just masks it. Yeah, he, I'm, he I'm just, not sure he, he can. But you know? yeah, but he can because he made those albums. Well, he used to be able to, but something so broke like in M- his brain. Something broke in his brain, or it's like the Eminem conundrum, where it's like if your whole like persona and like your engine for music is your alienation and your frustration and your like being isolated and being not appreciated, and then you become massively popular. Yeah. And rich. So it's like you can't channel that kind of sense of alienation anymore. So you have to just. Well, I think it's also a time period of your life that you just grow out of. I Hopefully. So right. like, right. yeah. I, I think it's good that he's not the same guy who wrote Pinkerton anymore. I mean, yeah. I think that's God. <laughs> yes. I, oh, it, yeah. I mean, but who deeply. is he? For, for the. I mean, who for, is he? Oh, he's he's a, a fucking goofball. He's, he's a, a weird goofball. Yeah. Who's still just as ambitious. As right. he was before Blue, he definitely wanted to make it. He always wanted to be a successful rock star. Like that's definitely oh true. Oh my god, he's, yeah, he's right. the nerdiest of all nerds. But like that's what he was obsessed with. And in 2009, he still felt that. I mean, Pork and Beans was a was a hit a year right. earlier. And he said, "Let's do it. Let's keep it going. We're back. We're playing bigger venues. We're we're back." Yeah. And then they you feel know? it. He's feel, you know feeling it again right now. Like. The huge resurgence with black and teal and Africa oh, yeah. and everything. He's just like, ride the fucking wave. It's Definitely. so sad. Which is why the music's their, gotten worse. Their Are cover like, of Africa is probably going to be their biggest song ever. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's yep. crazy. I know. But it speaks it's to that same, you know, detached irony that is like, I, I, and that's the thing. It's like, is this all just intended to be ironic? Is it supposed to be that he's kind of trolling us? Is no, it? Honestly, I wish it was that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. I know. Right. I think be better this is if just it was like, that. Speaking of which, should we just move on to uh, next? The, the girl, girl got, got hot. hot. This is unacceptable. Geeky <laughs> <laughs> D. Right here, though. <laughs> that is a nice little lead. It's a little tasty right there. Yes. You got a little tasty lick. But uh, I don't know. He's back talking about junior high school again. Well, no, this is current. It's a girl he knew in junior high school. Right. And that's why she's attractive to him. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> he remembers when she was hot. Oh, no, no she, she got hot. She got hot. hot. Yeah. She got Did you hot. even listen? Uh, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> and you know, the title. Uh, the thing that he found about the other girls in town, too, is she got hot and they did not. Burn. Wow. Sick burn, Rivers. So, Yep, this is one of the more atrocious songs on the record. It's pretty brutal. I uh, Basically, nothing redeeming. Uh, lyrically, at all. Mm. Let's just talk about the fact that like nobody is hot in junior high. <laughs> like right. even in junior high, like when you're a junior high student, like you are a disaster. Like everybody is a disaster. Like that's mm-hmm. the whole yeah. point. Yeah, like, true. But that's you know the point. What I mean? yeah, like of course got... anybody, but like everyone should be hotter than they were in junior high, right? Well, One would hope. One would hope. I mean, that was a peak time for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> it was all downhill. It was all downhill. All from there. downhill. It's such a weird, like, fake Beach Boys, like, pseudo-universe, and oh. I think they kind of occupy that a lot, obviously. That's a big, like, influence of theirs. Like, True. they're just, like, perpetually suspended in, like, the amber of middle school in the fake 50s. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Like Yeah, he definitely, I think he would have thrived in that time. 
Yeah. That's Hence the happy days illusion uh, yeah. in Bunny yeah. Exactly, yeah. He's right. kind of obsessed. He is kind of obsessed. And he, you know, he makes a big deal about not cussing and kind of having this, like, Until you know. now. Straight edge <laughs> minus all the fucking drugs. <laughs> right. Yeah. He does yeah, drugs, but, like, doesn't want to talk about them. Right. You know, like, he, he did have, like, a, a bit of a pill problem. He did, yeah. In the mid-2000s, but you never heard anything about that in the music. No. Really. Well, Do You Want to Get High is all about that. Right. But that was oh, in 2016. But that is so... That's the only personal song on the album, by I, the way. I would say Do You Want to Get High, not one of my favorite songs on White. Mine either. Uh, yeah, I know. And um, if that's his sincere drug problem song, uh, I I feel like maybe... It, it sounds like he had a pretty boring time doing drugs. Well, I mean, painkillers tend to be kind of boring, I guess so, honest. yeah. True, yeah. true. I mean, true. Uh, speaking of which, I'm smoking my illicit vape. Oh, yeah. Come, come and get me. Super illegal. Come at me, super Charlie illegal Baker. Now. From my cold, dead hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do we yeah. all have to go back to blunts now? Yeah. Is blunts that what you want, Charlie? Back. For the love of God, yeah. Smoke Such blunts and go back to smoking your camels. <laughs> Fucking Christ. I'm so mad about it. It's, it's fine. It's fine. So anyway, Ratitude. Um, <laughs> um, I hate this song. I hate it. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, okay. We can move on. Also, who <laughs> wears fucking satin tights in a mosh pit? What are even satin tights? Tights made of satin, no? I, I guess, but like, where do they come <laughs> from? Like, mine are like... Oddly, they fit loose. Yeah, I was going to say, like... All right. Okay, so uh, moving on. Oh, my God. So <laughs> this right. is... This is... Ooh, baby. This is one of the most confounding experiences not even just a song but like a fully immersive experience this song is bonkers before we get into it should we take a little break okay let's take a break and we'll be right back with can't stop partying Uh and now a word from our sponsors dick pills dick pills (laughs) dick pills get huge All right, and we're back. And as promised, uh, this is Can't Stop Partying, written by Jermaine Dupree and uh, featuring Louisa. Louisa F, baby. Don't you? I think it's Josh Freeze. Josh Freeze. Mr. Freeze. (laughs) This song slaps. Posse, yeah, I'm deep. <laughs> VIP. Bottles of Grey Goose. <laughs> Get loose. Oh. oh my god. It's the best. <laughs> oh my god. All right. One of the highlights of the album for me. Now, mm. Centerpiece. I talk about missing out on that old Weezer feeling, but they bring me right back. <sighs> exactly. To the album it's just with like one, I, they never, they never left. It's like they never left. It's like this could come right after Holiday on Blue, and it would just be seamless. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He literally sounds like he has been taken hostage and is being forced to dance until he dies. <laughs> yeah. Do you like this one? <laughs> I I think I appreciate this one. I think Hell I, yeah! I think I appreciate what? just the absolute insanity of it, this de- mm-hmm. the decisions that went into this song being produced. No, it's uh, ludicrous. Uh, 
Well, it's actually, little, no, it's Ludacris. It's Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I was going to say, if Ludacris did it, it'd probably be good. And live, it's Chameleon Air. <laughs> Remember that AOL have session? You, have you guys seen that video of the AOL session? What? No. With Chameleon Air and Rivers live. No. You need to get on that yeah. ASAP. Link to it in the show notes. Seriously. <laughs> when we were driving over here, we were at a red light next to this car that was blasting right and dirty. So wow. Chameleon Air is still <laughs> out there. We basically heard the ma- mashup already. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, highly recommended. You get the fist bump of doom. Oh, yeah. Between so you have to keep in mind, Rivers didn't want to play guitar on this record. He played mostly, uh, he did some drum tracks, right? Uh, he doesn't drum on this much. He did Josh Freed all the, yeah. the claps. Right. And so, so he, that's well, definitely that, unmistakable, his hands. Yeah, because that's <laughs> little the hands. He wanted to like be able to run around on stage and like do stuff. So Yeah, David Lee he, Roth style. Yeah. And so he got his wish. In this video, it's the, the five, I guess, technically, from Weezer with Josh yeah. uh, playing drums, guesting. Um, and they're all wearing full white suits. And then Chameleon Air is there doing the rap. Yeah. And oh. during the rap and the verses, like, Rivers doesn't know what to do with himself. Oh, it's yeah. just the most awkward, uncomfortable. Where is his David Lee Roth? Come on. Well, yeah. for this song, how can you? How can you? <laughs> he he yeah. should be doing jump splits and shit, you know? Right. And, and zoomies. <laughs> Zoom- I can't Zoombas. stop. Buddy gig, buddy gig. Oh, they also do the girl got hot with Kenny G taking a solo. I that's no, say, that's, that's actually, actually pretty true. tight. That's yeah, great. That true. one, that one is both loose and tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's loose. Everyone at the party's getting loose <laughs> uh, in the corner. <laughs> yeah, he, the way, just... he really enunciates the P in deep. Oh, it's he so does. deep. Yeah, <laughs> oh, deep. Yeah, <laughs> Butch Walker had to put up two uh, filters. Two yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The plosives were all over the charts. Popping more popping them. I just, I am. This is that betrayal. You just sound like confused. that deep betrayal. Yeah. Well, no, because here's the thing. It's like originally my take on this was like, wow, like this is being held hostage and being on a treadmill for like thir- hour thirty six, and you're about to pass out, and you're just like, oh, I can't stop partying. You yeah. know what I mean? Like oh, well, I, I was trying to figure it out, and like I was like, this is just, it's so, it's so bad, and then. I found their explanation for how like they justify this song and that just made it worse. And I just want to read to you. So first of all, he called up Jermaine Dupri for some reason. Let's just try to analyze that. Like why would you He's trying in to get your them Rolodex credits. those music credits he's just trying to branch out and do everything. Oh, I'm not saying why would Jermaine Dupri do this like what the fuck else? Like fine, but like why is Rivers Cuomo thinking, "You know what? I really need to like well, really that's what hit I mean. that sound." Yeah. What? He was trying to get credits? Yeah, you, or just like he wants to work with like everyone in every genre. He just wants Jermaine it. Dupree? Who knows? I mean maybe Money in his bank. I mean let's let's be real. I don't know how many links into the hip hop world Rivers Cuomo has. Uh, Did he apparently ever end up- enough to pull Lil Wayne? Who's uh, also made some well, very Lil questionable Wayne, music decisions. Lil Wayne was like, this was the rebirth era for Lil oh, Wayne. So that kind of tracks. Like sense. Lil Wayne was trying to branch out into uh, pop uh, punk. Rock, at yeah. At this time. Yeah. Yeah. Have so, you guys heard that rebirth album? We did an episode on it. No. no. Oh, it's. So Lil Wayne has a rock album. It came out, I think, in, t- in 2009 or 2010. It's probably so right, it was right around, around this, time, this time. Yeah. This is when he was like, fancied himself a guitar player, even though he could barely string two notes together. And actually, I think this song would have fit on rebirth. Yeah, this would have. Yeah, this it does kind of sound like a rebirth song. Yeah, um, which is to say, it's a bad song. It's, it's a, very a really bad, bad song. song. And it, and I was going to say, I got to listen to that record. And it shouldn't <laughs> happen. Um, but the thing that got me was that, like, supposedly, okay, so he calls up Jermaine Dupri. Apparent, and Jermaine Dupri, according to him, says, "quote The rock world and the hip hop world were really the same. They were both all about partying." And it's like, 
sure like i guess, I guess if yeah. you want to distill like very complex musical genres into like their lamest most one-dimensional essence like okay i guess sort of like yeah. Yeah, just, people like so, to party. So all rock is, you know, come on, feel the noise. And right. all rap is LMFAO. Right? Yeah. That's basically what he's saying. Yeah. That's what it's all about, baby. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, that checks out. But yep. Before I read this extensive, from the mouth of Rivers himself, uh, explanation for the song, what do you guys think about this? This. Um, I definitely don't hate it as much as you guys. Wow. Uh, but I, no, okay. I don't Here's know that thing. I hate it. I just like am shocked by it. Yeah, for sure. The first time I heard it, I was definitely blown away and confused, no doubt. Um, Bottles I, of the goose. Yeah, well, that's that's why I was confused. I was like, Bottles what? of the goose. <laughs> no. So the first time I heard it, I was like, this is a Lonely Island song. Like it. it it's, right. And yes. I was like, there's no way this is real. And kind of the same thing that you were thinking is like, he's just playing a trick on us. This is this can't be real. He's he's totally making fun of us. And then. I find out who wrote the song and blah, 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 and I kind of Rivers being Rivers branching out and trying to do new stuff and collaborate with as many people as humanly possible. I was like, all right, fine, I accept that. But I hate, I hate the, this album version I hate, like sonically, and it, like all the instrumentation is weak, and it's, it's, it's like wrong. tinny. It's I just, really hate how this song sounds. Exactly. I hate how it sounds. That being said, when you hear him like sing it on the alone recordings, like when he's playing it acoustic and singing, it actually is pretty like raw and brutal. It's like super Pinkerton era. But well, it has the same chord progression as Zombie by the Cranberries. And Disarm by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> you could literally sing either over this, yeah. <laughs> which is disturbing. Someone should do that, So does he still get credit for it being a good song when uh, the music itself is derivative and the lyrics are trash and it only sounds good when it's acoustic? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did hear. On, I listened to you guys' Ratitude episode, and that you played a little snippet of the acoustic version. Yeah. And it is kind of interesting. I think we did one of those mashups where then it goes into another version because there's the Jack Jackknife Lee version as well, which Jackknife, Jackknife and Butch, yeah. <laughs> a dynamic production duo. That's right. <laughs> that brought this album into the world. Uh, but uh, that is more of a straight up rock version from which the bones from which uh, the this. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Palau uh, Dadon. Paolo. Paolo. Yeah, Paolo Dadon ended up mixing Dedon. this. And that's the same guy who collaborated with Nicki Minaj on Anaconda, for instance. Like, So he ended up mixing this. Okay, so here is Rivers' explanation of this. So originally when they wrote the song, it was more of like a, a kind of pop punk song. Um, but then he didn't like that. He said, worst of all, this is Rivers uh, from the Weezerpedia. Worst of all, the lyrics were clearly a celebration of drinking and drug taking, which I could not sing without qualms. I tried to expand. Rivers Cuomo. Cuomo. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Killed it. I tried to expand the lyrics to make them more in line with my values. That's when I realized what a true genius Jermaine is. His lyrics had seemed <laughs> so simple to me, as if any seventh grader could have written them. But when I tried to write a second verse, I couldn't manage to write anything one-tenth as good as his first verse. <laughs> Pure gold, baby. <laughs> his lyrics were all about celebration. They were totally inclusive. My lyrics couldn't indicate confidence or joy without being at the expense of someone else. Ooh, weirdly deep, maybe. Every line of Jermaine's was Just like so his posse. I, I, right. Um, every line of Jermaine's was so strong, so iconic, like a song title. 
Okay, I'm not making this up unless Weezerpedia is making this up, in which case I'll issue a retraction, but this is, it's wild. My lyrics were awkward and strained. I set the song aside. In October, in another Vipassana course, a yoga course, or maybe meditation. It's meditation. suddenly meditation. Okay, it suddenly got nerd. <laughs> it suddenly occurred to me that I could change the meaning of the song, not by changing the lyrics, but by changing the music under the lyrics. When I got to my wife's family's house in Japan after the course, I picked up a guitar and strummed the four chords that you hear on my demo of the song. Again, the four chords from those other two songs that we just mentioned. These chords suggested sadness and resignation in the face of something. Ineluctable. Ineluctable? I can't put that in the spreadsheet, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Something faded. A drug habit. A drinking addiction. Suddenly, I can't stop partying might be a sad thing to say. And this was the undertone which I believed allowed me to sing the song with conviction. Was it a celebration or an elegy for one lost? I didn't know, but I thought it was beautiful. I need Patron. I need the beat. You know that, I mean? And that line was originally, I need to, I need some E. I need, I need some, the E. Yeah, I need <laughs> the e. And he changed it because he's like, he can't condone that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a bridge too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. He's pretty proud of this one. Wow. <laughs> he is very proud of this one. Or, again, he's trolling us. Well, I do think the character is like, it's harrowing. It's like this terrible, horrible yeah. story. Like, it is a dirge yeah. somehow, with even with the production. But yeah. the lyrics don't betray any of that nuance. It no. just sounds. And that's what makes it hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fun. This is the funniest song on the album. It's super funny. Yes, hilarious. It's it's so it's such it's such a misfire that yeah. I I can't help but laugh. At but him. maybe that's what he wanted you at to him. think. No, it it's could. a misfire, just like misfiring neurons in my brain. This is how I represent it. Oh yeah, because so, I can't be authentic. So this is the best. So the best you can do in like like putting to paper. His actual drug addiction that he experienced is can't stop partying and do you want to get high? <sighs> and, oh, and probably we are all on drugs off of me. Yep, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, if you want to take the subtext, you can. You say, wow, maybe this guy wants to stop partying. And he's saying he can't. Okay, that's fine. But I don't think it's there inherently in the music, the production, right. the delivery, anything. I think he's hamming it up and I think it's entertaining. But I also, like, if this song never existed, I would never miss it. The fact that it exists is an odd sort of outlier amid even a lot of missteps in their career. This yeah. one particularly radiates with a different light. This is yeah, an infamous like, one. Uh, when I see people talking shit about Weezer online, what I see them often saying is, okay, it's Weezer and it's Wheezy. Like, this, mm-hmm. is, this is considered by many This is the I am the table year. of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Weezer's catalog. I'm just... What, what do you think of that Lil Wayne verse as a Lil Wayne fan, Heather? You should probably play it for sure. Should we yeah, let's people, do it. People let's, need to hear People this. need to hear it, so let's go ahead. Please don't shoot me down because I'm an endangered species. This is the day of our lives with my night just started. I pray the killer doesn't take the life of the party. Uh-huh. In what universe is Rivers Cuomo going to a party where someone's getting shot? <laughs> I mean... Uh, oh, I, I think that's a very, actually, uh, like, um, sophisticated allegory. <laughs> <laughs> the first it. time I heard it, because I'm not really a Lil Wayne fan at all. Ooh. And so I heard this, I was like, who is this D-list rapper that they got? <gasps> Ooh, oh, oh. no. I was li- he was I, he texted me, he said, was that Brian Bell on that verse? <laughs> I was like, li- Bell bib I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this has to be a joke. Who is this horrible rapper? Because right. the rapper, oh. the rap is 
horrendously bad. So this is definitely the generation gap coming into play here. I... You're 26, we're 30 to 32. We'll throw you in the river. We were <laughs> we were huge Lil Wayne fans. Yeah. Uh, but this was definitely a period of Lil Wayne's career. It was a period of darkness where he could not stop partying. Like he actually was. Yeah. He was what this he song, was what the song is, really is really about. about. Yeah. 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 Like, he was addicted to promethazine cough syrup and painkillers and. Was and making to some of the himself. worst music of his entire career. Right, it was it was the worst, the worst. It's funny how drugs can do that to him, and yet other people with drugs can make the best music in the world. Well, I think it depends on the drugs. It depends on the drugs. It depends on how much and for how long. Yeah, true. There's a lot with it. Yeah, a lot of the music that we review on this on this show is uh is pretty drug addled. Cocaine, man. That's cocaine the, that's the is big really one. the big that's, one. That's, you know what's a big coke record? Sergeant Pepper. Oh, really? Isn't yeah. that weird? Like McCartney had that crazy, you know, vision for, oh, it's a fake band and all this stuff. It's because a dentist gave him some coke. <laughs> like a doctor friend. <laughs> cool. was like, here, check it out. No shit. And he's like, radical. Yeah, let's be in the studio all the time for like six months. Which <laughs> no one did. Uh, but no one, th- everything, everyone thinks of it as a psychedelic record. It's like, right. no, that's actually like a coke record in 1967. Right. No shit. Yeah. Some coke records are really good. Like it, it can be a difference maker one way or the other. Like I think Tusk by Fleetwood mm-hmm. Mac and Lindsey Buckingham was just oh, yeah. crazy on cocaine. That album. He was doing push-ups while he was recording. And that's my that's my favorite Fleetwood Mac album. My favorite David Bowie album, Station Station. He was in the throes of complete cocaine psychosis in that album. He doesn't even remember recording it. Yeah. Uh, but then you have an album like you know The Return of Bruno by uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis or like uh, How Could It Be by uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie yeah. Murphy. Yeah. A song in that At album least that album one. had a party all the time. Yeah. This album has no party all the time. We just have. I think can't this stop is supposed party. to be his party yeah. all the time. This is bad. Oh yeah. It, but it's, I think it's, it's the worst funny, song though. in the album. I no, I disagree. disagree. I disagree. Too. I think there's one coming up that is the worst song Weezer has ever done. Oh, I can't wait to hear oh, what that boy. is. Um, but this one is definitely very bad. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we? Sh- shall we continue on? Don't stop those? partying, baby. I mean, yeah. Let's keep this party going. Is the next one put me back together? It, it is. is the one. All right. Um, this one's fine. Let's. Uh... <laughs> We're eating ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I bet that's an honest lyric. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I daydream about eating ice cream all, all the time. I know. I, I already have throughout that. So <laughs> like there you go. This is a good song because you can relate to it. This I think actually, he nails it. I'd say this is a good song. I'd this is probably one of the best on the record. Easily my favorite the on the record. It's the best one on this album. Yeah. Is this, it odd that this wasn't a single? Yeah. yeah. Yes. This would have yes. been a big hit. Seriously, I think. though. I think so, too. So which one was the single? The first song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a that's a that's swing a, and a miss. No. <laughs> no, I mean it was it was successful though. Oh, it was successful. They yeah. still play it live. It's uh, yeah. Okay, what does successful mean in like modern day? People pop like it, and music? a lot of people heard it. 
I no, but like I don't know. So no, I'm genuinely wondering because of the fact that like people aren't purchasing albums. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so what is success? Like, how do we like? Is it number of streams? Is it, it is be. it critical reception? Is it? But like even that, or how many commercials it was featured in? You know what I mean? Because well, I mean, how many number, ringtones? How many and how many people in like purchased the rights ringtones, for it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> nine. It was all about the ringtones. Right. Baby. I can't wait to talk about oh nine and oh ten. Um. Yeah. This is this is good. This is this is you know not bad and and definitely. A thousand times better than whatever the fuck just happened before it. Definitely, like, yeah. A little redemption after the the fall. What's What's funny to me is that it comes close to capturing that old Weezer feeling, but also like this song was completely written by two members of All the American, American Re- Rejects, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't think so, it was completely written by them, but they collaborated. They on were collaborators. They were the main right. co-writers, so, and it shows too. And like, it, this so, could be yeah. an all. This could easily be an All American Rejects song. Swing, swing from the, yeah, exactly, right. It's, so that, it's just a. It's very tropey. It's just got every pop hit or every uh, kind of. Pop yeah, hit. I gotta say, I like this song much less now than nine months ago when we first. Really, I think it was so refreshing because it was right. very melodic and it had the feel of sentimentality and nostalgia. I'm not drawn to modern emo music. I've never listened to All American Rejects. Like what you just saying, I'm like, right. I, I'll take your word for it, but I don't know that song. But it came off as very human, and it's a pretty good vocal delivery. Yeah, and the chords, while generic, they still elicit a certain amount of emotion when i hear it now i'm right. like this is such a needless song it has no personality right. in it the lyrics suck the lyrics do suck you know yeah, yeah. and I I, I I mean there's no good lyrics to be found on anywhere on this album right uh, but this one's like so that's why you yeah. kind of take what you this can one's get. boring bad and that's my issue with it and well, he literally says street and feet and cool and drool really where poor is his bullshit detector you know like doesn't he it. have something in his head saying like oh you probably shouldn't say that unless it's a sadistic mind game that he's fucking playing where he's like I wonder how fucking far I can push it I mm. wonder how you know insipid and empty I can get and will people still eat it the fuck up you know like is he really like an ice cream cone like an ice cream cone is he really having fun there's no joy to be found here. You guys were saying it's it's funny, it's fun, it's it's Not there's a one. lightness. <laughs> no, 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 I don't no, think I'm any having of it fun at his exte- expense, expense. But I don't on... think he is having fun. I feel like this all feels, you know, like he is very much dancing through the motions. This I know the rest of the band wasn't having fun, right? Oh, like, yeah, they, they did they not no. like this record. Yeah, yeah. No. I think Pat liked it because he got to play guitar. You yeah, know, yeah. I think yeah. this is probably a fun time for him. I think having Josh Freeze playing with him is a great drummer with everyone. Josh um, Freeze, if you aren't aware of him, he was the drummer for the Vandals and then subsequently was the drummer for every other band that's ever existed. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well surmised. That's beautiful. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, I think this one uh, is just a, it, it lacks a certain amount of personality for me, it, though it's a perfectly fine song. But it's just not entertaining. And in fact, uh, for fresh perspective uh, on our drive up to Boston, I actually ended up writing up with my girlfriend. I was like, let me put on this record. I know you've never heard it. And uh, about Can't Stop Partying, she said, this sounds like the Backstreet Boys. And about this <laughs> song, she said, this sounds like Avril Lavigne. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. perfectly well observed. It is mid-tempo pop rock radio stuff, you yeah, know? For sure. And very effective. And I had that thought earlier this week, which was, I wonder why they didn't think to make this a single. But I will also say, like, fun. I, I think he had fun collaborating with the guys from All American Rejects. Oh, I think sure. that was a really good session. I know they were thrilled to be working with Rivers because obviously right, they, they idolized were, yeah. him. Yeah, um, and that's a cool thing. I think to me for sure. Well, I think you it's would interesting. think some of that would translate into any amount of yeah. Well, I think it kind of does personality in the, in the song. On this, I think it's interesting that it took him collaborating with 
a band that was obviously super influenced by their early their work. Earlier work. Right, yeah. For them to be able to capture a little bit of that feeling from the earlier work. Like, he's incapable of it. He has to siphon it through someone. The All-American Rejects have absorbed his soul, and they're, they're giving <laughs> and they're a little bit back, back to him, him like yeah. a little shotgun from yeah. a bong hit. Because <laughs> we loved this song when we yeah, did this. Yeah, I, I especially did when we recorded our episode on this. Uh, it has tarnished a little bit, but I still like it. Yeah, yeah, sure. I would. It's definitely the best song on the album for me. Cool. All right. Uh, should we move on to tripping down the freeway? Mm, let's take a trip. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's vapid. It's uh it's boring. Uh, boring. boring. It, it hates women. <laughs> uh, no, I, I th- Oh the the, the weight yeah. thing. The weight thing's bad. No, it starts out with I told you that you would put on some weight. <laughs> oh, right out the gate. <laughs> First line. You went out with someone named Kevin Green. Fuck, Fuck you. Kevin. Yeah. Fuck you. Kevin. Fuck you, Kevin. Former football player turned WCW wrestler. <laughs> Kevin Green. Perhaps. Oh. <laughs> You preferred to go to a volleyball game. I told you that you couldn't be more lame. Yeah. yeah. He would be into some fucking pickup artist like negging shit. That's exactly what this first verse sounds mm, like. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. like you put on some weight. Mm. Mm, oh, yeah. volleyball? Yeah, that's lame. pretty lame. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Rivers. Well, I'm gonna be over, I'll go over here uh, Also, the Fedora <laughs> store and <laughs> maybe catch me there later. I don't know. I mean, whatever. You well, that's it. the thing. They're already it's together, really so it's just a shitty like relationship. That's the problem. Oh, so yeah, really. yeah, no way. We ain't going to break up. We're going to make it through. So he's already dating this girl. He just treats her like shit. That's right. right. Remember, but he's also married in real life with children. Exactly. So that's the thing. He's just uh, he's a storyteller. <sighs> like all his songs are stories. But is he choosing the best material? To write about? Well, OK, so they're stories that are written like by accident, by like a, a random like sequencer. No, so like, this is pre this, this is, is pre spreadsheet. This is way this before. Is pre- oh, this is straight really? from the heart. Oh, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> and this is, I okay, believe, a solo it? Cuomo, right? This is, uh, I, yeah, yeah, this one is solo no, Cuomo. No collabs. W- what does it mean to trip down the freeway? Oh, yeah. Oh, we I've talked, been thinking we, about that. Yeah, we talked about that a lot, too. So is he on a, is he on a drug trip? And I, I know I throw that no. out the window no. right away. No. Uh, and you're tripping, you're taking a trip, or you're just, like, stumbling your way. Nobody would say it like that. They wouldn't say, oh, exactly. I'm, would That's say, why I'm he's going a fucking, on a he's trip. He's a master wordsmith. Right. Okay. He yeah. can, are you walking on the freeway? Are you tr- are you, like there are multi- no sidewalks? Did your car break down? It's like multifunctional. Are you, I it's saw multi- meaning. Are you Weezer hitchhiking? P- Weezerpedia said the original title was actually hike, uh, hiking down the turnpike, and they actually changed it to tripping. That's not what? <laughs> you just made that up. I'm sorry. Wrong site. But um, I, I yeah I thought about that. I go man, this is so stupid. Yeah, what a, so what an stupid. odd one to you know even if if this was pre database, I it strikes me as that'd be a cool name for a song, and then he wrote a song, and it really has right. nothing to do with tripping down a freeway, whatever that may mean right, to begin yeah. with. Well, you're stumbling it, you're stumbling on the path to wherever you're going. You sure. know what it, it reminded amazing. me like song structurally and also now insipid title wise um, of flagpole sit up. Ah. 
Mm. Superior song, I would say. It is. <laughs> For sure. Uh, you, do you know that? You wouldn't actual, know that one. Actual classic. Yes. You would know it if you heard it. Okay. Harvey Danger. Oh, sure. I'm running underground with the most digging holes. Hear the voices in my head. I say to God, it sounds like they're snoring. All right. But if you're bored, then you're boring. <laughs> oh, my God. The agony and the irony, it's killing me. Wow. I, I can't believe you know all the lyrics to this. I, I love that song. I was just content song. to go, na, 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 and everybody figured it out. Yeah, but thanks that, for like taking us there, Mike. I appreciate it. Okay, the deep cut shout out to Sheeri Appleby. Ooh, yeah, wow. seriously. Okay, what is a Sheeri Appleby? Look, she, what is? she's so, she's, she's very just, generic exactly. looking. Exactly. Hey. What, do you even know who she is? I have no idea who you she have is. No idea She's who my she celebrity is. crush. Dude, she Don't was do my girl Chevy dirty like that. I had to look her up because I was like, I just pictured like several other actresses that also look like her a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. I was like, oh, was she the one that was? No, she wasn't that one, but it was. Okay. Oh, she was the other, other, other. Okay. She was in Roswell? Like, this ER. is not. And. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's the not, there's no look there. No, well, yeah, it's pretty generic. Man. It's not. You are dogging her. I'm. She's fine. <laughs> she's a lovely she's woman. She's fine. I'm sure she's. Yeah. More than any song on this record, this song is just okay. Like yeah, it's, right. It's, it's not, very okay. It's just no. okay. Mm-hmm. I just, it's, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Better it's than okay. better than the last song we heard. Uh, no, 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 I think the other one was better. Yeah. Cool. Glad we're on the same page. Yeah, for sure. But if like that's a seven, this is a five. This is just like a five. You know what I mean? I could have sworn that this chorus is like direct, like the melody of the chorus is directly re- lifted from a Green Day song. It sounds but so I much better. I would like listen to a bunch of Green Day songs to try to find Dude, it. Yeah, because it, again, it's it's very generic. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't say anything. It it it's not taking any risks. Yeah, Billy Joe isn't exactly yeah. But it is, you know, the hook master. Is, the hook Songwriter. is still good. Well, I remember you guys on the Simple was. Plan episode, which I was just listening to. You're like. You made a good point, which is like, well, Billy Joe can actually write good songs. That's yeah. the difference between him right. and all the bands that followed him wanting to be right. him. It was like, he's a wordsmith. He's a great melodist like, and a really right. good singer. Like, He's got a lot going for him. That, yeah. I mean, Rivers is but a great Rivers singer. Rivers was, sure. too. Yeah. And, oh, and, oh, and, and I they're all very ca- capable, and that's the thing is, yeah, I mean, this, this... I think Rivers is at his worst when he's trying to be Billy Joe, when he's trying right. to be these other people. I yeah. think that's really when he gets into trouble uh, with his yeah. fans, you know? Yeah. Maybe in his mind, he's like, yeah, I nailed it. But to the fans, it's like, just nailed be, what? Why just don't you just be, be you, the, the best alternative rock band that's still around from the but 90s? That's the How thing. about that? Who are his fans at this point? It's, it's all it's an children, right? It's an interesting breed of people, I tell you right? what. Are yeah. there adults How that are all, still yeah. like, oh, yeah. It's so Maybe hard to describe. Or is it, is it 14-year-olds yeah. and their dads? Like, well, that's that... the thing. Like when we, went to, when we went to Albany to see them play live. And, oh, wow. Um, the mix of people was so interesting because tons of super, super young kids there. Yeah. And then right. a lot of people like our age. Because well, they don't people, cuss. People even older. Yeah. So it's like a huge swath of folks. That is interesting. Well, we what saw was the Riot tour Fest. that you went? What was, which one was it? Was the it? most recent one. Oh. Uh, that was what? Six Were months ago? Were they good? Mm-hmm. Eh, they're okay. Yeah, it was a fun show. It was a great like, show. Like it wasn't like life affirming or anything. They but do it was a lot like, of covers. Yeah, they did four covers, which yeah. is my biggest, my Too biggest right. It was I was frustrated yeah. with that. Yeah. But they did like you gave your love to me softly. They did in the garage. Oh, they that's, did that Pink rules. Triangle. Second. They did play Pink Triangle second. You right know, off like that. Oh, that rules. When, yeah, when I saw them the second time, I saw them they at Boston like Calling. They sound like a cover band of themselves. I saw them at Boston Calling, and literally, other than the covers, because they did, they I think they did Paranoid and they did Hey Ya. Um, wow. Every huh. single song that they played. Except for like a medley that they did of various songs, every single song they played was a single. 
gotcha. Sure. That's different than a festival set. You know, yeah. it's just a very different animal. Um, which is part of the reason I'm not that excited about Hella Mega because clearly they're playing to Fallout Boy and Green Day fans just as much as their own. So it's like, you know, you're hearing Beverly Hills and just the songs that maybe yeah. don't excite yeah. you about them, you know? Yeah. I would be psyched to hear. Uh, what'd you say they played off Make Believe? They played uh, uh, Simple Perfect Situation and Beverly oh, per- Hills. I'd be, yeah, Perfect Situation. I'd they played Perfect that when Situation's we saw them. like the yeah. only song I really, great. I really love off that album. Oh, that, that, that album has grown on me a little bit because like, it was the departure point for me. It was the point where I'm like, I'm done with Weezer. When I was, you know, 18 years old or whatever, I was like, this is it. I'm done. Um, but uh, I listened to you guys' episode on it, and you made some pretty salient points <laughs> here about. I'm it's glad. a much more redeeming record than this. Yeah. With like, oh, by a sure. mile. Uh, speaking of I'm done, uh, should we move on to the next song? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which is, wow. Just oh, really getting wait, back we to forgot his to talk about roots. Sorry, real what? quick. 09 and, and 010. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I do like the fact that he changes. I like songs that change the chorus, like change the lyrics with every chorus. It gets a little bit progressive, but this is just not a good example okay. of that. But 010 and 011, that's what we really need to talk we'll about. We'll be together now until we're up in heaven. <laughs> oh, my God. Great rhyme schemes every time. He can do it with 9, he can do it with 10, he can do it with 11 people. Oh, 11 doesn't make any sense. I know. Well, it, it fits with the rhyme scheme, so that's the best. He didn't have the spreadsheets back then. You don't <laughs> understand. It's hard to write lyrics. It's He's pretty a, funny, though. Well, I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, come on, Rivers, you can do better than that. And oh, that's the thing is you do know that he can. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the upsetting thing about oh, yeah. all of this. It's just like you're not holding him to an impossible standard. You're holding himself to the standard he set. Yeah. Maybe that's the impossible standard. Maybe it was that he was, you know, so afraid that he could never, like, replicate his earlier genius, so he decided to go as far in the opposite direction as possible. I don't. You I know don't what sucks know. though is that he can replicate it. On the White Album, right. he replicated it. He, after years of doing some other shit, he comes back and drops the White Album, and I'm like, yes. And then he immediately goes back in the other direction. That's just. just I think that's just his way of saying it. it's like I can do this, but I want to do other things. I choose not to. Yeah, I exactly. choose to do ratitude instead. Or again, is it the sick sense of satisfaction of having power over all of us? It is stringing us along. <laughs> it is a mist. It is a mystery for the ages. Honestly, we'll never know what is the fuck is going through his head. Uh, I think I know the answer. What? It's love. All right, that was beautiful. What a what a, what a segue. Okay, this is we're getting back to the ashram roots. Our our Eastern mysticism. I damn it. It's <laughs> come on. It's fucked up guys all right let's listen to it The album art. Every time I see it. <laughs> yeah. That's nice singing, Heather. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite enough. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All right, so this is what I was talking about when I said this is the worst thing Weezer has ever done. <sighs> I Like, they've let me down a lot over the years. Time and time again, they've let me down. And I keep coming back. I've listened to every Weezer album multiple times. I, I, I want to, I want to lo- continue loving Weezer. Love is the answer, Mike. <sighs> this. Okay, so what is I it? What is I it can't specifically even do, say then? anything. Uh, it's. 
appropriative, I offensive. Mean, it's, uh, it's not even um, offensive. Disney-fied. Uh, yeah, so, it's like, it's a, what, what do you mean? It is the least offensive song he's ever written. How is it not uh, offensive? The way that they've incorporated the interpretation and, and the lyrics of uh, like Hindi traditional music. Hindi version. And then version. just call it Hindi version. Hindi version. And I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I, I mean, like, it was a crazy, it's just crazy that he thought that he could pull off Can't Stop Partying uh, and, like, make that cohesive. But, like, it's even, it's just streets ahead here. It sounds like he's been, like, kidnapped by a cult. Like, I, I don't get it. What do you guys think? You clearly have some takes yeah. on this. Like, bog, what do you guys think about this? this is, yeah, I, it's funny. Uh, I liked this song more nine months ago. <laughs> I think this is a sincere song that I hate. <laughs> like, the treatment I have no problem with. I, I, It just it doesn't sound like Weezer. It doesn't feel like Weezer. All that. I think it's tremendous performance by the vocalists. I think it's nice Indian instrumentation. I'm not against Indian music. But I I'm, really think it's it's so far afield from the rest of the record that that's just on a pure creative level does not work. I'm not offended by it though, and I think it was a sincere collaboration. Like, hey, let's get let's get this singer. This is very much like this feels like a. But the singer hint. isn't credited, is, is she, it? Oh, sure, yeah, 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 she is. No, not in the featuring, like not in any. Oh, sort there's of, no feature because no, no, no one knows not who like she was. Not like featuring yeah. Lil Wayne, but like you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. Like Drake did that, where he didn't give credit to like Big Frida. I don't know. I think if you really value that person's voice, maybe you might give them yeah. a feature line. I don't know if they do it with Lil Wayne though either. No. But I have to say, really don't like this song now. Would skip it every time if I were ever. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't plan to listen to this record again anytime soon. But I think it's a skipper for me. Chris, you felt that way at the time, I believe. Exactly. Yeah. This was when we did ours. This was my least favorite song on the record at the time we recorded our show. It probably still is, just because I don't like listening to it. I don't. Right. I'm not. I'm not offended by it. Again, no. like I'm. Yeah. I'm and I'm actually like for... the sentiment. I mean, exactly. as like a, a human, like... I like the sentiment. Yeah, I think, not as a song. I think at the time, just because Rivers was doing so much meditation and just like learning how to accept himself i think this is the best solution that he found so well uh, and he like was raised in a white yoga cult i think so like it kind of makes yeah. sense so it's but like, that's, that's what fine. this sounds that's like he can, he can uh, a, a white person's interpretation of what like i'm not i'm not the essentialism of eastern mysticism <laughs> mysticism is i don't know i'm not offended by it on like that level of like you know where i think it's racist necessarily um yeah, I, Kind of is a little bit, you know, but I just I'm just offended that he thought this was a good idea. I just don't understand what its place is on well, an, on this album. Yeah, it has no, no place. Or that's the on any album, right? It's like again, it's like like Snoop Snoop Dogg committed to well, like to put, Snoop Lion. You right, know well, what I mean? He was this, like, I'm gonna be religious. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna put out a reggae album that's like you know all about like my my renowned like Rastafarian faith or whatever, yeah. and like and so like. I wouldn't want to listen to a whole album of this, but at least no it way. would be like presumably there was like a, a reasoning for a it through or something. Line. Like a through yeah. line. Right. Yeah, as think, as it stands, it's just like totally like thrown in here and it, it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, there's no cohesiveness in terms of like his stance on basically anything, right? Because none of the, so few of these songs are so personal and so many of them were collaborations, it's like you're so confused. So you start out if I'm wondering, you know, it's a it's a sweet, simple love song. Immediately into I'm your daddy, mm -hmm. which could be the exact opposite of a sweet love song, and then can't stop partying, and, and three songs later, this. Yeah, exactly. So it's it, just like right. where where do you stand? Are you like all inclusive? Are you everything? Are you chauvinistic asshole? It's just like it, the, it, you just get confused with every or like what is the perspective that Rivers is trying to to let us see from in every song? Like you just 
it is frustrating in that way. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, I guess like the sentiment of like take it easy on yourself and like love is good. Like yeah, okay. It's like great, great. There, are, I don't and then know. it's just like all he cares about is the fact that the girl got hot. What? Yeah. Right, exactly. It's like it can't be on the There's same no, record. And I, then can't stop parting. It's just like you're all you care about is the girls getting loose and fucking a different girl every night. It's like how are the how is the same dude singing these two songs on the same? You record? know what? The the through line is sanctimoniousness. <laughs> yeah, that's the through line is like him thinking he's fucking great. You know what I mean? Like I, because that's the thing is he talks a lot about his, you know, his values. How he has these deeply held values, and I'm just so, I it's so hard to believe that when there's like such again tonal whiplash throughout like this album and kind of with their whole catalog oh, yeah, later on. It's just like you know what are what are your values, right? Like who are you? Yeah. I don't know. Like how can I trust in the world when the world gave us Pinkerton and now this? <laughs> well, I think he showed us on Pinkerton who he is and he's a, a, a weird creep. And right. like I don't think he I like I said like he's he's done opening up in that way, you know. He he's he doesn't he like I say he learned his lesson. And so now you get this just weird mishmash of goofy fucking ideas. Very, very goofy. Yeah, because like even this song that I guess you know at its at its core is supposed to be like inspirational and like joyful feels like very. It feels like a parody. Very exactly, exactly. Okay, is there anything else we need to say about this, or should we let it all hang out? Mm, let's leave it. Okay. Work, <laughs> come, come, <laughs> jerk, jerk. <laughs> Reason why, 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 why? I forgot he said why three times. Why I need to come, come. <laughs> oh, oh, terrible. Gross. I like that song. Yeah, it's it's uh, 2001 called. And yeah. said, "Hey, we want our uh, a space. Oh, we want. <laughs> Did I say we, Odyssey or we, Odyssey? we want our eleventh track for Greenback. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, that would have fit on Green. Yeah. Oh, big time. And then big weirdly, time. also written by Jermaine Dupree. So, I know. Somehow, did he come up with me and JD chilling in the, yes. in the shack, sharing chiclets, chiclets from the same pack? Chiclets. What a reference. What a reference. Is it barely proof vitamin water? Energy flavor, take us to your daughter. I will do nothing of the sort. I don't want best, you anywhere near my daughter. That's the best daughter. line on the goddamn album. It's a very strong, uh, very strong bridge. Yeah. What? You gotta. I. I will say is the, the reference is... ironic if it's to like a brand that's barely memorable. Does that make it like? like Vitamin a... water? No, chiclets. Oh. Who eats chiclets? Yeah. I used my to Gima. eat. My mom used yeah. to eat chiclets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I used to have them on planes to keep my ears from popping. Yeah. Because yeah. they only lasted about the duration it would take to land. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> I used to pretend they were my teeth. So fun. So fun, guys. So fun. 
Yeah, this is one of the better tracks on the record. Oh, I really enjoy this song much more than again. Nine I know it I would f- be way higher now. I really think it's great. Great guitar riff. Pretty, oh, man. pretty yeah. good drum sound. Like it has good yeah. energy to it. Like I don't love it. It's not essential, but no, right. Relative to this record, it feels. And at good. the very least, it's not chauvinistic. It's just hanging out with his homies, you know. Yeah, right. I mean, the lyrics. This is it's bro time. I mean, okay. Well, he did say that homies. he and his girl ain't speaking weeks. Oh man. Well. So. Because they can't remember the reason why, why, why. Like a grown ass man wearing like khakis and like Argyle socks, hitting up his homies and going to the club. Like, sounds about right. It was again. It was Jermaine Dupri. That was all Jermaine. What an odd. What an odd collaboration. It is so baffling. No doubt. Um, Yeah, I don't think there's much much else to say about let it all hang out. It's fine. It's definitely it's it's good. It sounds like a good like Weezer song, and that really again the thing that sinks it, just like every other one of these. You know, halfway decent songs where it's like, okay, the structure's fine, and like the, you know, the there's a bit of a guitar crescendo, and it like actually go, it builds somewhere. It's just the lyrics, the the insipid, mindless lyrics. I like the thought of Rivers dumb. having a job in a boss. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Stuck in traffic on the way to work. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the sec- That's the first time. Jerk. It's the first time he references traffic, and, and he also mentions his tripping. Right. I like, guess. He says my boss is tripping, and he's stuck on the freeway. So maybe there's a little bridge crossed there. Is there? I don't, I don't is know. there? I'm, but this to me is the Weezer sound. More this than is. any song on the record. Yep. When that guitar kicks in, you're like, is this holiday? What's going on? This right, is right. Or else. Buddy Holly. Absolutely. All, you know? Yeah, totally. It's all about Agreed. those tasty leads. The album is, is lacking in those tasty leads. Yeah. But I will say, you guys mentioned the bridge. I do think the bridges in general are the strongest part of this entire right. album. Mm-hmm. Same with Pacific Daydream. Yo, yeah. do it for real. And White Album for the love of God. Yeah. Things with the verses oh. on White Album are good, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything on White Album's good. Courses strong. <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to In the Mall. <laughs> <laughs> get you. <laughs> go get you a pretzel. That Ben. Exactly. <laughs> what a weird that, that vocal harmony. Going with so good. Wilson. <laughs> that's one. Of, that's one of our bits. Yeah, bringing it, bringing it. I was hoping for a Wilson. <laughs> you yeah. done it again. <laughs> Yeah, Pat Wilson, solo Wilson, solo Wilson. <laughs> um, yeah, Pat Wilson bringing it in with his uh, his kind of classic rock influenced um, background. Just it, it's so it's so distinctive because this is like not a river song at all. Is this Wilson on lead vocals? No, no, no it's Rivers. Rivers singing. But but Pat wrote the lyrics. I think. Oh yeah, everything. yeah, and and the and the music. Yep. I mean, you couldn't. I couldn't tell. I would believe that Rivers wrote the lyrics. Holidays are on their way. It's particularly the decorations have so much to say. (laughs) So good. What? (laughs) What? What? (laughs) What do they have to say? (laughs) Do go on. Oh no! Next. It's it's Halloween now. (laughs) (laughs) It's Christmas now. It's Halloween, and that means chocolate and candy. Yes, it's Christmas time. That means uh, spend your paycheck here. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's it. 
it does I feel like the the theme of the song being in the mall is appropriate since every one of these songs has transported me back to a dying suburban mall food court it's just um, this weird purgatory where grown married men pretend to be teenagers and lazily string together seedless cultural references and cliches over like a decent kind of chugging guitar riff yeah yeah weird yeah yeah yeah. And literally the guitar solo from Tom Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he said, I just did that solo. That's, right. that's the solo. And it's Pat Wilson playing the guitar solo as well, not Rivers. Yeah. He admitted to that? He was oh, just yeah. like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Because I think At that's least what they're admitting like, it. Yeah. He's, I think it, he associated just, just with it. Just go with the cover shit. Then just fucking be a the cover band. The cover album is Weezer. bad, though. Have you heard it? It's, it's bad. I'm sure it's bad. Cause... Teal? Yeah, Teal. Oh, God. You guys like Teal? Chris loves it. Oh, <laughs> well, you did it at the time. You did it at the time. No, no, no. I never loved it, but I think it's. Impressive in a way. What to to ha- to have dedicated themselves that much to recreating the sound, the parts, the vocals, the everything from these songs. They're yeah, that bored. Was they're bored. That was my problem with Teal is that there was they did it, nothing with it. They were doing the songs like exactly yeah. as they were originally done. No, it was an without ex- any sort of. It was an impressive player. exercise in emulation because I think from being an artist who like I do have to I play cover gigs because I'm a professional musician and you do that you know in addition to writing songs if you want to make like, any money yeah know, right yeah. but like to really like nail the sound and the execution of I, I I do think that there's something to it but it's not creative it's not artistic but it is almost like workmanlike and impressive workmanlike that's how I want to describe the music that I listen to it's, it's <laughs> right. a, it sounds like there's work involved have I, I have have I listened to Teal since we did our episode in February no. So, you know, absolutely That not. makes two of us. Yeah. No, it's completely inessential, you know, but yeah. I think they chose no, some think, interesting I, no, songs. I, I, I'm with you there. I think they yeah. did choose good songs, and they recorded it, like, impeccably. Yeah, but, and Wilson produced that, actually. Uh, the aforementioned. Wilson! <laughs> Elevator, escalator. Oh, yeah. Oh, Great man. bridge. No, this is, like, this is really blue era writing, though. If you think about, like, the... Whoa. Ju- mm. No, seriously. Like, the really? stuff, the stuff on Blue Album is, like... It's kids. This is what we do. This is how we occupy our time. It's but just he like, was a kid. Right? <laughs> now he is 38 on this album? Well, or? you can't put this one on Rivers. This is all Wilson's oh. fault. Okay, so Wilson is Wilson? 38 or what? I don't know. Probably older uh, than that Okay. at this point. I mean, but, I mean, during the making of this album, the point is... is yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a I little mean, bit different when they're not children anymore, right? Like old. Right, but that's the thing. It's like everyone's saying, it's like, if this is what... I liked Blue. I want more stuff off of Blue. Mm. It's like, here you go. This is like what they were talking about. The basically. riffs were so much better on Blue oh, I'm not talk- than I'm this song. Oh, yeah. I'm with you there. I'm thinking more like substantively. Yeah, yeah. You're saying like they're trying to they're trying to like present those same ideas. Just like that. It's when when he's talking about when he's in the garage or anything that's happening in on Blue album is just like he's talking about reminiscing about things that he's done. Or yeah, like his, I, his his past life and like I think we think about it a lot. It's like it's a stupid song about the mall, but when oh, yeah. you think about it, we Chris and I talked about this song for like twenty minutes because we just talked about stuff we exciting did. Exciting time at the mall exactly. when you're a teenager, yeah. Right. Because so it like, was like freedom. You get dropped elicits, off at the mall. It elicits a response, and Wilson because himself you can relate said, to it. As a mo- as a child, the mall was magic, endless shit you thought was amazing but could not buy, and hot pretzels to boot. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was a, I was a mall rat. I used to get uh, I used to take the commuter out of the Kingston Mall. Well, because we had no nice. other choice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Exactly. It was like, and I think that's the whole go? point. That's the whole point of the song. But, but that's the problem is that we do have a choice now, and we don't have to be in the mall, and we and don't have to pretend, and we don't. Yeah, malls are dying, and so is Weezer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I. I see what you're saying comparing this to blue, comparing it to in the garage, but I actually I thought about that a lot. Like I'm like, what really separates what separates in the garage from these other um sort of nostalgia trips that he, he tries to go on on this album or you know, Rivers or or Wilson in this case. What makes in the garage better? Um and I, I think the difference is Harmonica. <laughs> True. I just think the difference is that in the garage, like Yes, like he's basically just listing off nerdy things about his childhood, um, one by one, talking about the Dungeon Master's Guide and Kitty Pride and Ace Freely and Peter Chris and you know, but it's not really about that. You know, under the surface it's about it's about the alienation that he felt growing up and you know and it's his version of Brian Wilson's In My Room. Yeah. You know, it's it's saying here's a, a safe place in a world that doesn't understand me and in right. which I don't feel comfortable. And, and that you don't get that here. You get yeah. romping, a, a good romp at the mall with your friends getting high. Right. It's and, very surface level. You know, it's like, sure. it's, it's like it's, as Tony Soprano once said, remember when is the lowest form of conversation. <laughs> well, if you could do that, though, please, Apa Goomba. <laughs> 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 well, you know. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation? <laughs> that was aping a toothless man. I think. <laughs> That's what Tony Soprano does. He's always like, I'm the fucking Bosch. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, well done. Thank you. <laughs> Very impressive aping. So, <laughs> But, Dude, I love you brought it back to Ape Goomba. That, <laughs> oh, my God. Mwah. I know. That's that Beautiful. podcast content you crave here. Yes. we got to come full circle. Full circle, baby. <laughs> I mean... I, I think, though, okay, like, the, the thing about this is even if you're going to go there and, like, try to draw those connections and, like, be kind, you're much kinder than I am, I which is which is fine. This is good. I usually play the heavy on this show. <laughs> um, but, like, in this song, even the references, like, it doesn't even – there are maybe two lines that are actually nostalgic, and the rest of it is just him saying, I'm in the mall, we're at the mall, we're in the mall, here we are. Yeah. It, that's it. He likes, he talks about a pretzel and Coke and going to the arcade and oh, it's having a smoke. So three lines. And having a smoke. Exactly, that's <laughs> yeah. it. That's all we got. And the rest of it is just, all the rest of the words are just saying, stating the fact that he's at the mall. That's it. And going up an escalator and down an elevator. Yeah. So it's not even you, you know, even that it's such a pale imitation to like something like in the garage where like at least they're painting a picture. Yeah. All, all of those connections like and it's not just three lines. It's a whole song. I don't know. I can see all these escalators. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there, man. I feel I'm like I'm up, in I'm the going mall. down. Could have referenced right. a fountain, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pennies. It's yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't really love the song. That's oh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I hate this song. It's ridiculous. Yeah, this song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> song sucks. Oh, what I meant to say was. <laughs> I don't even think we ever said it. <laughs> like, yeah, Wilson. <laughs> Way to go, Wilson. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, before we ever did the podcast, like years ago, uh, I think it was when White Album came out. So, you know, three years ago now. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, I was in the car with her. We were taking a long drive. And I said, you know, I'm curious. I made a playlist of every Weezer song post uh, post Pinkerton. And I just, oh, no, no, no. I put Weezer on shuffle on Spotify. 
because I was like, man, I just assume I hate Weezer since probably Maladroit. And I put it on and like we listened for a good hour and a half. And before I heard a song I didn't like. And I was shocked and I didn't know most of the songs because, I mean, they had a lot of music I just never heard. The first song I heard where I was like, what the fuck is this was in the mall. <laughs> where yeah. I was like, this sucks, right? And my girlfriend was like, can we skip this? <laughs> like, this is terrible. We certainly can. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and yeah, here we are talking about it for a dozen minutes. So, I know. sorry, We're giving everyone. Rivers exactly what he wants. <laughs> That's what it is. At least they're talking shit about Pat's song for once. <laughs> yeah, that was a good river. That was great. All right, no energy. We... Yeah, we got to bring this one home. Let's put so. a bow on this fucking thing. Let's fucking do it, so... I don't want to let you go, but you can't fucking stay here. It's the last song here. That's not really the whole. <laughs> that's not really the title. The it's first part is. It's just called I Don't Want to Let You Go. We'll just do that. Okay. Here we go. Right. Yeah, this is the chorus. I have to let you know. Yeah, this is the football game. I don't want to let you go. The pain is killing me. Good football. Uh, What's that? Yeah. 1610 Patriots. Sorry, sorry to have you guys record and during the game. I just oh, I don't want care. you to know. I had the same note. I found a reason to be. To change who I used to be. A reason to start over new. <laughs> and the reason is Yep, this is a Hoobo Stank song. The end. All right. I've never heard that song. I don't know really? what you guys are You're joking. You're joking. <laughs> I was waiting for your fourth part in the harmony. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I would have loved to have filled out that wow. triad. <laughs> um, I really can't believe you. Maybe it was because our rendition was shit, but no. you've really never heard that? No. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, shocking. It, I actually wrote the same song in my notes, but I said this was like, because I do kind of like this song. I think this one, this song actually has like real human emotions in it somewhat. Uh, but it's like the unholy um, like combination of The Reason by Hoobastank and Without You by uh, Harry Nilsson. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's, I think there's something there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think this is a, a lovely song. Yeah. I think it has some lyrics I really don't like. There's you know another cool rhyme in here and fool. And like that's some trashy garbage. But the vibe is welcome at this point on yeah. this record. It's yeah. like, oh, good. Just like something melodic, something beautiful. I like the electronic or at least filtered drums. And at least he is a little bit better of a singer than What's-His-Face from Who Was Staying. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, the last song, this being the last song in the album vibe, the vibe of it being over is, is really great and refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it's, we're done. <laughs> Yay! Sure. It's not even just that it's over, though, but I think this is the only song on the album that's not goofy. Yeah. It's the only song in the album that is, like, yeah. has any sort of, like... <sighs> Sorry, Love is the Answer. Love is the Answer is goofy as fuck. Well, because of the mixing. <laughs> if they had done, if they had done the, so if that was literally an acoustic guitar song, would you say the same thing? Um, I do think that the melody uh, in the chorus dun, 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 has like a it, it, like a childish sort it of is. yeah, it's very element cheesy. like a children's music element it's, to it's it that I do world. think is still kind of it's, goofy. It's, oh, yeah. it's like nursery rhyme. I do There's hate a, that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't give it a pass. For me, this is the only one that feels uh, human? human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do you still like this song, Chris? Less so than I used to, but oh, I still I still think the climax is really good. Mm -hmm. The it's not even that big of a build, but it's still just like it's good song arranging. Yeah, I think da, it's da, 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 yeah, da, da, and the chimes, the yeah, chimes, mm -hmm. great guitar, like a really good guitar tone. Oh man, yeah, that Telecaster, whatever it is, sounds yeah. awesome. The guitar itself sounds great. You're right though; it just has a it actually breathes a little bit. 
And yeah. again, sonically, it, I, I have more issues sonically with this album than almost any other aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Just being someone who's drawn to a certain type of production. And uh, this is just a little too 2009. Yeah. Weezer doesn't need to sound like this. They don't you know? need the bells, you know? Oh, Literal. Right. Burn. Oh, the I like the bells. That's one of my favorite parts. Not yeah, I'm not, I'm not against that necessarily, but there's something about the way the drums sound and the crunchy guitars are just a little and too crunchy. And the drum machine compressed. too. I don't know why they chose a drum machine on this track as opposed to like. Right. I, again, I'm not. I'm not even put off by that, but I, I understand why it would be like. Why is Weezer doing this? And you could insert any number of things in that blank. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Um, but this is, this is, song as a whole is not one of them for me. I, I think this is a fine way to close the record. And it still feels like one of my – we always choose our heart songs from every record, yeah. our top three songs, and this would still be one of them. Yeah. I would do my heart songs. You know, we, we could do a little crossover. Oh, I like oh it. cool, yeah. yeah. Top three and bottom one. So we, we've got our, our three heart Maybe songs. Maybe for you guys we should reverse it, though. Our yeah. top one and our bottom three. Oh, that's right. a good idea. That's fun. And then we also have to include our rating for the album. I so wasn't that's prepared part of for our, this. That's part of our – piece of the crossover here is, yes. we, is we rate it cumulatively from zero to negative five of some quantifier so we have to have you guys choose what the quantifier is relevant to this album mm. zero to mm-hmm. negative five somethings sure chris aped goombas <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. negative five aped goombas <laughs> i think that's perfect i think that's yeah. great okay so we're gonna do our what is it? Yeah, you choose your favorite, favorite track. Favorite song. Favorite three track. Three least favorites. And then your three least favorites. And we're going to give it a cumulative rating. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So my favorite song, uh, my heart song, is, I'm sure you can guess, uh, Put Me Back Together. Yeah. Uh, by far, I think, made me feel the best to hear. Um, my three black album songs are... Love is the answer. Love is the answer, number one. The scrolls. So this is in order. The first one you're saying is your absolute least. Absolute least. Okay. Yeah. Love is the answer. Uh, I'm not doing it MTV countdown style. That's fine. Oh, shit. You know, I'm sorry. Channel a little inner Daisy Fuentes here. (laughs) A Kurt Loader. No. (laughs) A type of the Soren, if you will. (laughs) We're going to do this like a classic Weezer album. We're going to front load this shit. Uh Second black album song, I'm going to say Can't Stop Partying. And then third, I think I'm going to say In the Mall. Mm. Mm. Good choices. Tough. I am going to give this album negative three and a half. Aped Goombas. <laughs> Seems fair. Um, I actually, I, 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 I three and a half. But what the fuck? Syllable word. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, we're peeking. Yeah, we're peeking. <laughs> we're tripping down that freeway, babe. Freeway, baby. Freeway. Maybe. We're all fucking up our pronunciation today. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I actually found myself a little surprised at how much I, I, I thought I was gonna dislike this album more. I remember hating it more the first time I heard it. And you know there were there were definitely moments where I was like, oh yeah, you know I'm into this, I'm into this bridge, or I'm in I'm into you know this particular part of the song. Um, not a single lyric uh, really was I ever like, oh that was good. I think every single yeah. lyric uh, was horrible. This is lyrically a, a, a car crash. Yeah. And I, I agree with Chris that the production is pretty trash. Um, and just I think my biggest issue with it overall is just like. The total lack of cohesiveness, where it's just is all over the place. You know, it's just like the the ideas are just jumping from one goofy middle school dipshittery to the <laughs> next. So, with that being said, I I certainly have heard much worse on this show. Yeah, and I would say I've heard worse from Weezer, but I've also heard you know significantly better from Weezer. Blue album, Pinkerton, two of my favorite albums of all time. Easily zeros. 
<laughs> yeah, strong strong zeros on those ones. Uh, Fergie gets a positive two from you, but <laughs> your favorite Pinkertons. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's not go crazy here and, and say Weezer's as good as Fergie. But uh, <laughs> um, oh boy, yeah, no, uh, this is, I'm going to stick with the negative three and a half. Okay, I guess I'll go next. Um, so okay, worst on the album is fucking can't stop partying. It just mm. it is a shocking affront. That's all. Second worst is, what the fuck? Love is the answer. And then, yeah, third worst is, I think it's The Girl Got Hot. I think that's, the girl got hot. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's really bad. Choice. I think yeah, that's sure. really bad. Definitely. The song that I liked was the one that they did with uh, All American Rejects that yep. put, put me back together. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, was pretty good. And everything you said, Mike, I pretty much agreed with. The only thing is, is I'm trying to think about like the Chance the Rapper album, which we gave such a negative, like such a bad rating. That album was worse. It it, it was, but the biggest reasoning why we gave it such a bad rating was because there was not a single good lyric on the album. And there were good beats and good production and like certain songs. It, I think, yeah, but it was I three think, times as long. Okay, as Okay, exactly, album. exactly, correct. Those are. I'm just trying to like situate how we're, you know, how I'm thinking about this because it kind of does remind me of that, although it is mercifully short. So I'm gonna give it a negative three point seven five. I'm gonna make it lower on the scale than you because I gotta play the heavy, but also because I do think you have to factor in the fact that you know that they know better. You know that they can do better. And it's like an intentional, like, fuck you. I still feel like he's saying, like, just fuck you to even to Weezer fans. Personally. To me personally. I, and you know what? Fuck you, Rivers. Fuck you. Um, no, it's uh, some of the songs are fine. Um, a lot of the songs are very deeply questionable, and the lyrics are shockingly bad. And there isn't a single good one to be found. Yeah. You want me to I, go, Zim? No, I can go. What you got? I can go. So... I'm going to do it the opposite from you guys. I'm going to go three, two, one. So I think my third least favorite is Love is the Answer. And then my second least favorite is I'm Your Daddy. And my <laughs> least favorite is The Girl Got Hot. Yeah. yeah. And then my favorite is uh, Put Me Back Together. For yeah. sure. Nice. Still is. Wow. Um, yeah. It was almost I Want You to Want Me. <laughs> but it was it couldn't quite make the cut. And then I guess, so zero is like completely nooch. True neutral, yeah. Total ne- totally totally nooch. All right. And negative five is like I... Would rather the worst tear worst. my ears out than listen. To this. Yeah, I guess I'll give it a negative two because I don't I don't despise it, and there's at least like four songs that I could actively listen to and not be like egregiously upset. But as a general rule, I I don't like it. And the same thing, same reason as you guys. Average song writing, like average arrangement of music, and horrible horrible lyrics. Yeah, like all yeah. the way through. Yeah. So yep, with you seems fair. All right, all right, and uh, uh, I'll be quick here. Uh, my number one least favorite song for sure now is Love is the Answer. Mm-hmm. That was not true nine months ago, but it is true now. My number two would be The Girl Got Hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I find that one actually offensive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's yes. Deep, yes. Hell yeah. So that's why it's, I have trouble looking past it. Um, I'm not sure that there's a clear number three. It's probably a lot of honorable mentions for number three. Uh, my favorite song is actually I Want You to Want Me. Nice. Uh, by Cheap Trick. No. But, <laughs> uh, but I do. I think it's actually the most like solid, listenable song on the on the album. And I think they chose a good single. Though I do think Put Me Back Together should have been a single and would have been a successful single. Personally. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. I think at that time. At that time, yeah. I think so, yeah. It uh, would have done better than Back to the Shack. <laughs> uh, yeah, pr- probably. And I think they released like 
either the girl got, oh, I think they released I'm Your Dad. Oh, I'm Your Daddy's number three. <laughs> 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 I think they released I'm Your Daddy as a single, which did nothing. Fucking A. You know? Brutal. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's I never insane. heard, I never saw a ringtone commercial for that one. For, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the theme song for 23 and Me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 23 and Me, please sponsor us. Uh, overall rating? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go as neutral as I can go oh my negative God. wise. I'm going to go negative 2.5. Okay, right, right in the middle. Right, right in, the in the middle. middle. Seems reasonable. Right. Bad production. Right Seems reasonable. <laughs> to me, the most offensive aspect of this is... Sorry, I can't. <laughs> you can let that sink in. You gotta wrong. let it. Very reasonable. <laughs> um, I think it's the bald-faced commercial opportunism right. that I find the most offensive. And the yeah. inconsistency of the narrator. It's actually yes. just through this discussion that I realized that. Because I think like, if you're an actor, you can play different roles and no one's going to be like, Hey, Christian Bale, wait, he was Batman. Now he's right. a bad guy. Now, that's, that's acting. But when you're a songwriter, especially one who has established himself like Rivers did in the 90s, to then have no point of view and no yes. angle and to not know who you're listening to at any given moment is egregious. On the same Correct. album. And I'm not against like, writing songs from different perspectives, but it's within the same record. Tonal whiplash. Yes. And, and, and I realize that's the biggest issue. But I do find this much more entertaining lyrically than any of you three do. Because, I, I, I mean... Well, entertaining, yes. It's like, what, what kind of movie do I want to watch? Do I want to watch Boogie Nights or do I want to watch Magnolia? You know, I love Paul Thomas Anderson, but sometimes you just want to be entertained. Right. And, other, and you want to see some boobs. And other times you, like, want to really feel something. I well, wish I there were say, boobs are we watching... on this album. <laughs> I know. I thought you were going to say more like... Especially that watching... hot girl. The one... <laughs> I know. Yeah, she got hot. <laughs> and her boobs did not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wow. what were you saying, Zim? Besides that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I thought it was like the difference between watching like Shawshank and The Room. <laughs> like that, that, that type of entertainment. Here's the mm. problem, though. The Room, like the thing is with that is that I think that that was so unintentional. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I feel like everything on this album was calculated. Yeah. And, unfor- yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. the big difference between oh, that sure. and the room and making and like the room being like something that you actually appreciate for its, its it, you know, for trying its, its ambitiously off. terribleness. And this was like, I am phoning it in intentionally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. It's like this one may resonate with the kids. You get that feeling from if if they don't like this one, they'll maybe like this one. And it's almost like doing every shade of this particular color wheel that is right. commercialism. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. Fuck you. Well said. <laughs> Fuck you, Rivers. You got me. We yeah. still talked about you for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> the frick. God damn it. All right. Uh, we want to say thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you to our incredible guest, Chris and Chris, oh for We Talking Wees to Thee. Thank you so much for having us. This was a really fun time <laughs> on just shitting all over a band that we love. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought it could be so fun. <laughs> that's what we're all about here. So that's what we do. Yep. We, we love Bad it. Bad vibes only. Bad vibes only. <laughs> um, no, seriously, we had an absolute blast. And thank you guys so much. You can check out Wheeze talking Wheeze. Why don't you actually spell it once for the stoppies so that they... Okay, yeah, sure. It's Wheeze, W-E-Z, talking with no G, Wheeze, W-E-E-Z, <laughs> to the digit. The. The. <laughs> T-H-E-E. I had to think about it. That's how bad it is. Right, Wheeze like, talking Wheeze to the. Like the, like, you know, old English the or Meg- Megan the Stallion yeah, the. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. can, you and can w- catch us. When in doubt, put an apostrophe. 
<laughs> just put apostrophes put an apostrophe everywhere. Put add a Z. And yeah, that's what uh, Trump's doing. And you've just got it. Throw an apostrophe at yeah. the end. And no, that was a hyphen. And that was a hyphen. Oh, well. Remember? Okay, um, but seriously, uh, the, it's a wonderful distraction, just like this show, you know? It's an awesome show. I actually, I, I, I don't even remember how I found the podcast, but I've been listening to it religiously. Chris and Chris, you guys do a bang-up job. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. You too. Yay. Yeah, seriously, this is good stuff. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, you can find them anywhere you stream or access podcasts out there in the world. What about your social media? Do you have a website and all that stuff? No website, but we do have an Instagram and a cool. Twitter that we never use, but Instagram Great. for sure. Oh, I tweet. Oh, wow, weird. <laughs> 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 but yeah, and those are both wheeze talking wheeze. No G on the talking. No apostrophes on anything. <laughs> we chose the best title. <laughs> oh, man, uh, there's no going back. Not, not, not podcasting. Yep. Um, okay, well, you can listen to them there, and you can find uh, you know all of our stuff at makeitstoppodcast.com. Uh, we want to give a shout out, as always, to Pantheon Podcast for oh, supporting us. And, and, and we're on the subject, since we're talking about Weezer, um, Pantheon actually has a, a great show uh, on the network called um, Feels Like Weezer, Feels like which Weezer. you should check out. They do, um, every episode is about a single song, so they go yeah. in-depth song by song. They do. Uh, and it's, cool. a, it's a great show. And then also on the Pantheon network, uh, Who Cares About the Rock Hall did an episode on Weezer recently, which was very good as well. Oh, so. awesome. Yeah, um, check them check out. that stuff out, too. Support your local music commentary podcasts. And, uh, and yeah, and find us on the web at makeitstoppodcast.com or uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at makeitstopcast. Uh, you can uh, email us at makeitstoppodcast at gmail.com. Nobody ever emails us. You can be the first one to do it. It's not like You a, can email us, too. We're uh, talking weeds. <laughs> uh, no apostrophes. <laughs> Are you guys keeping track? Write it down. You know what's uh, funny? I, I reached out to you guys on Facebook Messenger because I was like, I don't know how to find these guys. Like, your contact oh yeah, info is not be more, more. And I was like, then I listened to another episode. And I'm like, oh, they say their email address at the end of every single episode. Yeah, <laughs> right. there you go. It just took me a while it, to get to this. It's just three hours in. Yeah, yeah you just have to, yeah, exactly. That's convenience. You want to get the real you, the real uh, fans, you know what I mean? True. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you can email us a, uh, a measured, uh, thoughtful dissertation on whether or not in Rivers Cuomo had something really bad happen to his brain at some point after Pinkerton. Yeah, so um, or not really like know. if, but like how and like uh, what was it and what what are your fan theories? We'd love to hear. And uh, we're still waiting on your five paragraph essays about Hinder, yep. and we're still waiting on your crayon drawings about simple uh, plans. Plan, so yep. send them in. Iambic pentameter about you know. Something. I forget which one that was. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So see you next time, stubbies. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's how I sign off. Yeah. <laughs> The Make It Stop podcast is recorded at the Boston Free Radio podcast studio located at Somerville Media Center in Union Square in Somerville. It is produced and edited by Heather McCormick, and the music that we use for our show has been produced by Patrick Ahern. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Your host, Marla Davies. Hey, it's Marla Davies. Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Celebrating the revolution, evolution, and life-changing magic of music festivals from Woodstock to today. Each week I bring you interviews, recollections, and stories from musicians, concert promoters, influencers, music lovers, and festival goers about their love of music the magic of music festivals and the power that music has that keeps bringing people out to celebrate together as a tribe. Since Woodstock, there have been so many festivals and it'd be hard fought to find somebody who hasn't been to one. 
Coachella, Bonnaroo, Outside Lands, Lockin, Lollapalooza, The Warp Tour, Bottle Rock, Cali Roots Day on the Green, Live Aid, The Us Festival, and Woodstock. What all these festivals have in common are the people who come out with one mission to let go, have a good time, join together, make memories, and listen to music and dance. That's the magic of music festivals. We've interviewed original Woodstock artists, musicians, and festival goers, and are looking forward to connecting with more people who resonate with the vibe. If you've ever enjoyed yourself at a music festival, you'll love Woodstock Nation. Check out Woodstock Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marla Davies for Woodstock Nation. Peace. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.